Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast, Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. I'm 40. Alongside old ass Ian Ferguson. 40-year-old um, Ferguson. Older ass Pat Conklin. <clears throat> On the show today. We're really aging out of our market. <laughs> yeah. On the show today, we're talking about Warner Brothers slash Discovery shelving every possible project in sight just fucking <laughs> re, like, like willy-nilly like, restart oh, yeah yeah like a backroom worker uh Shelf. talking about the the gaming pandemic boom possibly ending someone leaked internal television amico docs it was it was going to happen at some point damn right um the latest heritage auction sealed, sealed. game results and more. Should I do it? Happy birthday, Ian! <laughs> Happy birthday! Uh, thank Put you. Put it on for a little bit. All right. <laughs> we have used this hat so many times that the uh, the elastic is very loose. <laughs> All right, you got a weird shaped head, Ian. What can I say? No, I, no, this is very loose elastic, sir. Oh, okay. Maybe your beard made it. That's a dollar store special. The tag's still on it. Um, I got a present for you. Thank you. I got a present. It's well done. Uh, what's, nice. what's, for our audience, what's the wrapping paper? It, is, for, for uh, the it, audio is, it is DC uh, wrapping paper. Like Green Lantern, Superman, uh, Flash, Batman. Justice League, Just, Wonder Woman. Yeah. The, the, the boys <laughs> and girls uh, opening now. That's what I'm doing. Oh. All right. All right. All right. Oh, that is very. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> that is wonderful. It is. Uh, it is Kirby doing the scream. It's the. It's the scream painting from uh, Edvard Munch, eighteen ninety three. The famous painting <laughs> doing the Kevin. The Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. I. Uh, I love this. This that's, is very Kirby. sweet. Very sweet. Look, look at this. Look at that. That's Isn't wonderful. that beautiful? <laughs> Thank you so much. I, oh, is the card in there? The artist. Shit, did I put the card down? I'm sorry, it was a, it was a, it was an artist from Comic-Con. Oh. I have the card somewhere. I should include it to give him a shout-out. Uh, we can shout them uh, out later. Is it back anywhere? No, it's not. But, it, yeah, very nice. Uh, very Yes, it's thank wonderful. You. I appreciate I, it very much. You're welcome. Very I, sweet. I say thank you for liking it, which is weird. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you for liking it. We'll put it on the wall there. We can we we feature it for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't we feature it? Perfect. There we go. It can stay there the it can stay there the whole podcast. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I uh <laughs> we haven't added art to the wall in a while. Yeah. We, we could if we wanted to. We could put it we replace Mario's uh, keys with them if we wanted to. I'm gonna find him a nice spot in my little corner. Alright, this goes back in the garage for next year. Yep. There's yep. the tag party hat. Chapeau de fete. <laughs> I think we've used that party uh, impor- hat. At least, imported from at least three, in, three uh, years ago. Uh, oh, it's from now. French Canada. French Canada. There you go. Made, made in China, but imported from Canada. Right, I'm not sure how that works, but okay. There you go. And, uh, and these are the, still like, these are like dollar store packs of stuff. Or, no, yeah. it's made at dollar store. I don't, I, I, the same, like, it's like the uh, New Year's festive pack. There's like eight or nine of these. I don't like this one, though. No. You want the, you want, you need the noise. You need the noise. You need the combo one. Right. 
Exactly. I don't have the combo one. And I try to do this. I try to do the insertion. What? What? <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. Enough air in the lungs to, to do the combo. Just got to grip it down by the bottom. Is that how it works? Yeah. I think so. You got to squeeze the vein? Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> we talked about uh, a really awkward uh, situation with a, with a lady friend. So it was awkward. At, at Castle Country. That's why you want to go to patreon.com slash podcast and listen all about how awkward it was. Ian was gritting his teeth yep. while listening to it. Yeah. Pull a couple greenbacks right off the top. <laughs> greenbacks. Give them to us and hear about Get pets. one of those dollar guns. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about buying one. A dollar gun? One of the dollar guns. In case I ever went to the strip club with a friend, I'd be like, that'd be fun to do that. <laughs> Just fire them off. So, You're like 15, 20 bucks. Uh, not only is it my birthday, but apparently uh, Spider Man has recently celebrated a birthday. Uh, the comic turned 60. Yeah. So, if you were doing the age, that means Spider Man technically would be 75 because he starts out as a 15 year old. So, uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, which was amazing adult fantasy before that, which featured mostly weird sci fi stories and monsters. Right. Because that's what all Marvel did for like 10 years. Yeah. In between, like in the 50s, there wasn't really superheroes. Captain America was gone by 54. They started, they basically just stopped doing superhero stories. DC always did, but Marvel was like, uh, all right, no more Submariner and uh, original Human Torch, and we're done with this stuff, and no more Cap. Cap was done in, I think, 54. Um, so there was a time period where Marvel was doing these monster stuff, and so Spider-Man made an appearance. This is like you know less than a year after Fantastic Four was the, you know the first superhero thing that Marvel had done forever, which really kickstarted the Silver Age with Marvel. Uh, that was '61, and then you had Spider-Man was like the second big one that came around, and that's what the the, the one-two punch basically restarted interest in comic books. Because at DC, DC it was doing the same fucking shitty weekly stories forever. No oh, good yeah. story arcs. It was all for ki- like kid shit. Yeah, not even teenager level things. Oh, uh, Superman this week beats a beats a guy where his power is is I don't know th- throwing nunchucks at you. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's like you know like the, like the one off villains. Like who cares? <laughs> right, look at Batman. The villain. number cruncher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the number cruncher. He like throws <laughs> numbers at you. I don't know. You don't. Know, but seriously, so so Marvel. It was. But actually, here's the thing. It was August '62, but the issue came out supposedly in May. So, right. Yeah. So I share a birthday month with Pac-Man and Spider-Man, two things I love. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got on <laughs> it, too. I will say what was a great birthday treat for me, and uh, we'll get a little bit into this. I'll try to be spoiler-free here. We're going to try. If you if you don't want spoilers for, the, for Prey, the latest in the Predator franchise that came out on Hulu, please skip forward. We'll give you like 10 seconds to skip forward. You need to skip forward like, 10 minutes or at six minutes in go to like 17 to be safe just, I'm trying just to give them a just give them a bump in the give them a bump in the down arrow the the link the thing that you press to what timestamp give them a timestamp give them a timestamp for the intro you mean, yes. it's hard to do that in the audio version though the audio version you're in your car well, okay. Around. I mean, if you're if this is the audio version, uh, you're gonna have go to go see who go watch pray go watch or, pray. or skip to like skip go on your iPod if you have an iPod and scroll forward. <laughs> That's enough to, spoiler time. So pray comes out again. So pray is out. Uh, I watched it over the weekend. Uh, you were really looking forward to it. I thought the um, the trailer uh, gave me a, you know some cautious optimism. Um, I'll I'll cut to the chase. Just I loved it. I know you were less into it, um, but I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. Um, 
I I thought it was well paced. Um, I thought it was shot. Uh, the 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 nature shots were gorgeous. Um, yeah, a lot of drone shots, obviously. Yeah. That's the thing. But uh, where did they film this thing? I want to say they filmed it something like in Wyoming or Northwest. It was gorgeous where they actually filmed the real stuff, which I'll get into. Yeah. It was insane. Um, yeah, just beautiful, beautiful countryside uh, shots. It was in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Oh, Northwest. I was close. Um, I thought the movie was good. Yeah. I, I, I You know, it starts. It's the tale of uh, a Comanche uh, a woman who wants to become a hunter and uh, you know, she goes out hunting with her brother and the other members of the tribe and she can never, you know, exactly quite get it. And um, you know, predator lands uh, the landing of the predator ship is probably one of my least favorite scenes in the movie. Okay. It just it's looked bad. Terrible. See, here's the problem the the budget was not big enough for this to be like a, a wide release. I think it was only 90 million. Right. Like that. So that's not enough for a predator movie. So they probably figured, well, this won't make it back in theaters because the last predator movies have done awful. The, pre- the predator did not do well and was not uh, well reviewed. Yeah. I haven't actually seen it. AVP two was horribly reviewed. Predators was uh, okay. Predators, from what I've seen, is okay, but I think the Predator franchise is a weird sort of franchise because it's sci-fi, but it's also horror and suspense, and it's it's hard to carry that over through multiple pictures nowadays. It's Predators is like Predators is weird because on paper it should be great. The Predators movie, you mean? Or, yeah, the or, Predators movie okay. from two thousand like seven or eight. It looks or, great, but it's just it, it's kind of boring. Okay, okay. It's just like we're hitting these beats. We've got like it, it's I don't know. Wasn't my favorite. Um, anyways. Anyway. So Predator lands and Predator. Uh, uh, as far as I can tell, the first time the Predators landed on Earth. Yes, that's the big thing. It's the first time a Predator. Now, there's two species of Predator, which I, re- I guess they revealed in Predators. This is the, the taller, hulkier yeah. Predator. The predator is big enough, like seven feet. This is like a nine, ten foot Predator. And so it's the first time any Predator has been on planet earth and they show that well 1719 um they they show that well they they show the predator you know basically starting with the smaller scrappier animals like dogs and working their way up was wolf well wolf yeah. uh, and working their snake. way up through the, the the snake wolf um spoiler bear uh buffalo buffalo uh actually it didn't kill the buffalo oh the hunters the, yeah. the trappers the, the spoilers hunters, the trappers. trappers kill the buffalo um so, yeah, he, he works his way up and basically, you know, uh, catches wind of the um, the hunting party, the, the, yeah. the Comanche hunting party. And, uh, you know, basically starts to kind of show interest in them. Um, what am I saying? Well, I was basically just giving a, a brief recap of it. One, the the uh, Naru, the lead, ends up getting uh, kidnapped by a bunch of trappers. Um, that's about halfway through the movie, and that's where my interest started to tail off. Fifty five minutes, I think, in is when they come in. About that, so a little more than half. It's like a, it's like a ninety five minute movie, right. something like that. Ninety minute, ninety five. Um, at that point, you know, it starts to show you. I think the the predators code uh, how you know they don't want to go for bait. Um, they want, you know, an active, healthy hunter, essentially, to to go after oh. because this is sport for them. So they're looking for. Um, but this is a less honorable predator. Sure. Way less honorable. And that's what. When well, I don't know that he's less honorable. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mm, I don't know. I, 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 how so? 
How so? Yeah. One-on-one combat being fully in camouflage when it was melee combat. Mm. Not That wasn't honorable. The spoilers, spoilers, after getting its ass almost handed to him by the brother, then having to fucking True. disappear. Yeah. And just okay, no, you're shoot. fair. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right there. There was, some, there was some really weird stuff happened with that. But then that, when Yoshi told me there's two different species of predator. Yes. And this is the less noble one. The ones in the first movies are the noble one. They would right. never do some of this stuff. I was like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like, I don't like the fact that it, it killed a wolf. There's no sport in killing a wolf. You're so much bigger. Well, that was, that's what I was uh, saying. You know. I, I, I felt like they were doing that to sh- basically because it, it, it's never been here. So it's testing out the waters and seeing okay. what is what is and what what that's what I mean by moving sure. up through the hierarchy. It starts low and then basically ends so, up at human. So I think I love the first, I guess, 55 minutes because it was very self-contained. You're with the tribe and the hunting group of like five of them with the brother. Uh, the brother, uh, played by Dakota Beavers as Tabby, uh, was incredible. He's so fucking good. And, Both of them were great. But I wish the movie centered around him because he wow. was legit, a legitimate badass warrior. The, the highlight of the film was him taking on the Predator one-on-one to me. And I was just like, if I had more of that, I think I would have liked it even more. Um, but so... Amber so, Midthunder was Amber Midthunder played Naru. Yeah. Um, and Dale DeLaguerre as the Predator. The Predator uh, was, I guess, a combination of a suit and CG. I did not like the CG, but they wanted to go for the huge version. They, I wish they could have just done the suit because I think it, it looked so much better, but they wanted a huge hulking thing. It was like a nine foot tall, pre- nine feet tall. It's gigantic, uh, this Predator. And like a human is not that big and that, not that huge and wide. Um, CG was shaky in places. There were some um, spots where I, it, the early going CG, I think, was the worst. The cat I, looked bad. Um, the mountain lion looked really bad. But I, uh, it, it it improved slightly. Is it like the bear looked better than the cat? Yes, they put their money there, which is better. Yeah, because uh, it's more important to me. That was a highlight of the film. It was like just the small party. What's going on? Is something out there? When she gets basically hunted between the bear and the predator. And then she escapes into the, Hides the wood, into the beaver dam, and, and like, the, then the bear comes. Like, I'm like, this is fucking cool. I said, this is really cool. Um, and then once you get to the trappers, it becomes just okay. Let's have the predator kill as many people as possible in a cool way. And I get that's part of a predator film, yeah. But compared to the ones I like, like the like the first Predator, where it's more drawn out and it's done like there's not a huge amount of deaths. That happened with the Predator. It's, it's like spaced out one at a time until the end where there's a few. I'm like, that's what I thought. I thought that's what the movie was going to be. I thought the sure. movie was going to be the Predator hunting down the Comanche. And that's not what the movie is. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah, it was uh, a little uh, different than I expected. But I guess it just didn't bother me as much. I felt like they balanced the 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 slow stuff fairly well with the action um i i enjoyed it i mean is it perfect no but it's a lot better than i expected it was going to be for a 90 million like a a movie on a small budget um i mean it's it's the first genuine it's the first yeah it's the first genuine shot in the arm i feel like the predator franchise has had because it's it's getting well reviewed um Mm -hmm. it's getting better reviews than the predator uh, by far that sounded like a disaster i don't want to see that after the review of that Um, that sounded like that was a disaster you know predators was like i said it was it was fine but it was just so by the books that no one i no one got excited about it people are at least people seem fairly excited about this it was at 
uh, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, a few days ago. I don't know yeah. what it's at now. Uh, this is, here's some of the top critics. I kind of agree with this. Like, the result is pretty fun, if also a tonal mishmash of goofiness and gorgeous landscape. That's what I mean. This movie's more goofy than I thought it would be. That's the thing. I know some, some Predator stuff is goofy going back to the first film. But once you got to the, the Commandos, Arnold stuff versus the Predator, it wasn't goofy anymore. It was like it was as real as you could have gotten with with that. And that's what I thought this was going to be. And it just went off the deep end, I thought, with the trappers. And that's what pulled me out when it was obviously the CG stuff, when it was the group of trappers versus the Predator. That was not a real wilderness, obviously. And that's sure. what pulled me out. And I, obviously there's, there's an expense to that because, you know, Yoshi told me that they were going to film. Like I thought when I saw the when I saw the camp, I was like, oh, the Predator is going to come at me at the camp. I said, this is going to be cool. Right. They did that. It would have cost a ton of money to in- integrate CG into a real environment. That's where the cost is. So yeah, I would have preferred that. To that would have been there. like nuts. Yes, just just rampaging the camp. camp. That's what I would um, have liked to have seen. Yes. But they did it in this like sort of like weird foggy area with like no trees. And I'm like, this is fake. This is not a real uh, thing happening. Right. And that's what kind of took me out. You see a lot of cool predator kills. Someone got on your timeline and said this is a sanitized predator. This is an extremely violent film. Yeah, extremely violent. It's Most a- violence in the predator movies I remember. Like way more, yeah, I yeah. They called it sanitized for YouTube uh, or te- fa- sanitized for the streaming generation. There's at least five beheadings that I saw in this movie. At least, right, four or five. Well, I, they they kind of went into the, they were like there was no like military stuff, no guns. So what they wanted no. was a they wanted I think a more machismo like influenced movie. They wanted more guns in action. I think, but but it's but you're it, talking but, right you're talking flintlock m- right. muskets I, and pistols. I don't know. I didn't argue with the person. I'm sure they're nice, but I was just. Like, this is not a sanitized movie at all. Brutal, brutal melee combat. I was, uh, and I enjoyed it all, but I was like, when uh, there's a point where, you know, a character loses an arm and gets a couple legs chopped off. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's there. They're blood going everywhere. Like, it's it's not. There's a lot of amputations going on. Yeah, they they don't cut, see, they don't cut away. There's a couple times where I think they cut away because the effects budget, like, you kind of see something happen a little off screen. But it's more for the effects reasons, not because they didn't want to show blood. There's a lot of blood in this movie. Like, it's not too much, but I'm like, you went from very little to, like, now there's a ton of it. I'm just like, okay, I see. Um, So, no, like I said, I didn't hate it. I liked it. I just wasn't over the moon about it because I, in my head, I guess I built up something else. I thought I was going to be brother and sister fighting together for the most of it. I, that's what I was like. Oh, this is going to be cool. Teaming up because because she's still learning how to be a warrior, and he's obviously a seasoned warrior. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You want to do it that way? That's fine. Uh, I'll just say this: the the one goofy thing was the hatchet on a rope. Oh yeah, um, no, that was the, I that looks was... cool on paper, extremely unrealistic and impractical <laughs> as a yes. weapon. Uh, I let it go because um, it's a fucking action movie. But when she threw it, I was like, and she pulled it, I was like, oh, that's going to go right into her forehead. <laughs> like, yeah, that hatch is going to spin or turn around and kill her. Yeah. Or take out an I know it or... was to make it look cool, but like that, I think more than anything, more than a nine foot tall alien, that pulled me out of reality. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. Suspension of disbelief because, stops here. Because <laughs> they throw her throw in the hatchet. Obviously, she knows how to use a bow and arrow a little bit. She's not as seasoned. I get it. Uh, she, but, she wants but, to get that hatchet to come back because they should her learning with the hatchet and becoming skilled with it but that's no, not no. the way to do it no that's that's not a thing right that's not a thing yeah i think they, there's they, a reason why you've never seen that because you'd lose your hand yes like or, or, or lose your face uh yeah like they could have just had her have like a like a handful of hatchets i would have said just have talk, a couple because that's yeah. what it, that's what a warrior would have done yeah. you have like some throwing hatches you're not going to have you know and bow and arrow but no, like i said uh they had to throw the cute dog in i didn't mind the cute dog no but, neither did i i but, liked the dog 
You couldn't kill off. You can't ever kill off a dog. Well, but, you, you know. can, but people but don't, don't do like it. it. No. <laughs> the, the wolf is fine. It's a wolf. Yeah. But so yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Uh, I was I was talking and I was thinking, you know, how about you go uh, feudal Japan predator? That'd be Ooh, pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that would be cool. If you're going to do these different regions and time period, and, and, and feudal Japan went up to like the late 1800s, so you can do like early 1800s. You yeah. can do it. Yeah, I think there's there's uh, not to like dwell on it for too much longer, but I do think there is room here for them to keep doing these predator movies similar to that. They shouldn't have said this was the first one because I would have back further. How about you go medieval predator, right? With knights or a knight, like they shouldn't have said it. You shouldn't have said this was the first one, but there's still some things you could do. Yes. There's still some things you can do, different areas of the world, maybe. You're talking yeah, about. I'm thinking like different areas of the world, too. It doesn't yeah. all have to be American planes. Like yeah. you said, feudal Japan. Feudal Japan. Africa would be cool. Yeah, why not? Let's do it up. Now now, now it's the Perfect Warrior show that was on Spike 12 years ago. The Perfect Warrior. Right. That, I used to love that stupid show. It was a game. Yeah, I was going to say that. I know they made a game of it, too. Uh, you know what's a game? Warner Brothers Discovery, not knowing what the hell they're doing with, after this takeover. Discovery bought out uh, the Warner Brothers stuff. What was Just it last so year? Just so widely panned, too, by people. The like... stuff that they're doing, uh, they're doing a, t- is it, we, we have done a reset. We've restructured the business where we're going to focus where there will be a team with a 10 year plan focusing just on DC. I mean, that's great, but you have stuff already in the pipeline. That I, you can't just toss it all out. You got an Aquaman sequel coming out. Yeah, you got this Flashpoint movie with with a star that's run amok uh, with everything. You have now this Batgirl film that they filmed was in post production. Not a small amount of money. Ninety or, million. This was ninety million. Not the Prey was. This yeah, was ninety this million. Was 90 that's what that was in my head. Uh, that, I, I was yeah. wondering okay. if that. Let me see what the Prey budget. Was. Prey budget might have been less than ninety million, probably. I don't know if that's available, uh, but this was a $90 million movie that um, was going to be seen by a, a decent amount of people, if not just on HBO Max, Ian, and now they are shelving a major superhero movie, shelving it. They're, 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 it you'll, you will never see this. You'll never see it. You'll never see it. And it's part of the DC stuff. It was supposed to reintroduce, I think, Michael Keaton Batman was going to be in this, uh, you know. Yeah. And so that's fucking gone. And so because that's supposedly Michael Keaton Batman is going to be written out of the Aquaman movie that he was supposed to be in. And it's supposed to be in the Flashpoint. Like, what the fuck is happening? No I want to see, no I wanna see Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah, Brendan Fraser is going to be the villain in it. We all want to see good old Brendan Fraser on his comeback. Yep. Um, 88 million was Predator. Or Prey. Okay, so around the same amount. Yeah. So this is insane. I've, I don't remember ever th- this happening in our lifetime. No. Where the movie was done and, this, not sh- yeah. and not direct to video, not direct to streaming. You guys are never going to see it. We're not even going to try to recoup any cost. The cost is already paid for, like, it's paid for most of it. Yeah. This is insane. I, I, don't this under- is nuts. I don't understand how stockholders would let someone do this. You're literally saying no to money. You, I don't care if this is, you say this is an Elseworld tale. And you put it on fucking. You can buy it for ten dollars on HBO Max. You're getting no r- return on investment at all. Yeah, like you're burning money. It's just bad fucking business. Yes, David Zaslaw, uh, I guess, took over from Discovery. I, I we're not going to release any film before it's ready. We're not going to release a film to make a quarter. We're not going to release a film. The focus is going to have to be how do we make each of these films in general as good as possible. I understand that. But this it's was already done. made. It's done. Do something with it. Right. I'm not saying you have to have it come out in 3,000 screens around the U.S. 
do something with it. It's a slap in the face of the people that worked on the film. Yeah. Less so, I mean, the fans as well, but the people that actually worked in this film. Uh, the, uh, the actor who played Batgirl is probably heartbroken. It's like, I'm not, I guess I'm right. not in the DC universe. Right. I, I guess, you know. Well, and what's crazier, um, though, is, and I, and I, you know, I'm not going to bang this, this, uh, bang on this too much, but, um, Ezra Miller, I mean, they're going insane. And, uh, the Flash movie has not been canceled. So again, this looks uh, like this, especially with some of how he's talked, this sounds misogynistic, or at least I, I it's, it's, it's mind blowing to me that one would be shelved without the other being shelved, well, especially with the news. I would make the argument point that Flash already appeared in a few films. There's, there's more on the line. It's a much bigger budget, you know, but if they're going to, if he's going to fucking, uh, you know, scuttle it all and just do a, a, a new 10 year plan. I mean, what's it matter? Well, that's the thing. I think that's what's bullshit. Saying there's a 10-year plan. Which, that's which, not the first time they've said which it. They sh- which they should have done originally. We said it uh, 10 years ago, 9 years ago. We said, you got to copy the Marvel model. You got to build up individual movies first. You can't just jump into fucking Justice League. That was insane that they did that. Well, even After, more insane was uh, uh, fucking uh, Batman v Superman without a Batman movie to lead into yes. it. That was, that was nuts. They, they, I, they, I, they, looking they gave, back on that, that's still crazy that's insane. to me. Yeah. Insane. They gave Zack Snyder the keys, and we have a, a solo super, uh, Superman movie. People begging for another super. It's been well, t- right, not since Man of Steel. Yes. Yeah. It's been almost 10 years. Uh, Henry Cavill wants to do it. He's begging to do it. Uh, your biggest hero, you don't have a movie, uh, super, uh, a solo film, in like almost 10 years. It's nuts how much they've mismanaged this. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. I know it's hard to write Superman well. But like, I think there would have been uh, people love his the betrayal. You could have done it. You could have figured it out. You could have figured Campbell it out. Think makes a good uh, Superman. I don't think uh, Zack Snyder writes a good Superman. Uh, no, no, he's horrible to do these movies. Obviously, yeah. but Kevill, Kevill, fucking. I mean, he yeah. nailed the Clark Kent and Superman look. I Likes mean, the character. He, he he's looks, in shape. He looks like Clark Kent. <laughs> he's still relatively young to do. I think he's probably mid to late late thirties, so like he can still do it. Forties and new thirty. Ask Ian. That's right. So I mean, like people don't age the way you. Cavill is thirty nine years old. Thirty nine. You can still do Superman into your forties. Yeah, you can do that. You stay in shape. You know, you're you're fine. You're good to go. I can't believe that. I really can't believe that they, they they've wasted all of that. Um, and then they're bringing back. It's such a mess. They're bringing back Affleck's back as Batman. One of these movies, I forget which one he's going to be in. Uh, Affleck's back as Batman uh, in one of these. I don't know if it's Aquaman two. I forget. But you have the you have the new Batman. In a different universe, yeah, and you have they're doing a Joker sequel, which is another offshoot universe. Right. They have, and, and then um, a new Harley Quinn in that universe. Did you uh, did you watch the Batman? I haven't seen it yet. That was good. It seems good, but from from it being three hours long, it sounds like an overly long director's cut. I'd rather see like a two and a half hour. Version. Honestly, it, I, I thought it, like it, it. it went pretty fast. It went was pretty fast. Pretty yeah. It was. It didn't feel like it dragged to me. I enjoyed it. Uh, so you're going to have two Harley Quinns. You have at least two Jokers. At least two Batman. Do we have two Harley Quinns? They just announced the new Harley Quinn. Yeah, like yesterday. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, for, for Joker 2, because it's a different universe. Oh, right. God damn. So, you, yeah. So, you don't know what... Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, who was just... Uh, it was... Uh, what's her name? Singer. The singer was announced. And I think she'll do probably a decent job. It'll be a more serious version of it, because that's a more serious uh, version. Let's see. Yeah, Lady Gaga. Oh, Lady Gaga is going to be a new Harley Quinn. 
Interesting. I think she'll be fine. Sure. But like, it's going to, the point is this, it confuses casual people when you have all these different fucking things going on. Right. None of because, it links. Because that new, the new Pattinson Batman introduced a Joker as well, which, which mm-hmm. they released the deleted scene. Mm-hmm. So that's a new Joker. So there's like fucking four Jokers going on or three, like it's. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. So on that level, I understand, but please let us see these movies. If you have to do reshoots to make them work better, I get that. But to not, to I want to not show. I want to see Brendan Fraser. Me too. I did. I was interested because of that alone. Michael Me Keaton, too. Yeah. All of it. I I I, I, uh, I dabble in Batgirl comics, and I like okay. the, I like the character. I uh, I would be interested in seeing Michael Keaton reprise you absolutely know, the role, and uh, I love Brendan Fraser. Kevin Smith says it's incredibly bad look to cancel the Latina Batgirl movie. I don't give a shit if the movie was absolute fucking dogs shit. Man, I I guarantee you that it wasn't. Okay, well, you said two different things, okay, but yeah, I, I just, yeah. I can't remember the last time this happened. No, it's really, really strange. A movie on that budget, you never see the light of it. You're going to say, oh, the Fantastic Four movie from 93 or whatever. That was made for a million dollars to keep the rights. It was never going to be like a big release. Right. That's totally different than this. And that's actually, when you go back and watch that, the narrative isn't bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm being serious. Like, if you ever watch that, it's on YouTube. I've never watched um, it. Doctor Doom, they got right for a movie on, on that small. And Doctor Doom actually, the costumes actually look pretty good, even though there's no budget. Like, Doctor Doom costume looks pretty. You ever saw Doctor Doom costume in that movie? No. Nah. It, it looks like Doctor Doom. Like, thing looks like thing. There's no budget. It's a, it's a you know Roger Corman movie, but like it's supposed to be uh, 1993. The 93, 94. Doctor Doom. Look up Doctor Doom Corman. And you'll see, you'll see. Like it's a, it's a, it's pretty good. Corman, K O R M A N. Like it looks better than the than the fucking shitty one, the Fantastic Four reboot from 2015. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not a, bad. It's a not better bad. looking. It's a yeah. That's a, that's Doctor Doom. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And then thing looked okay. They managed to make like things like mouth move when he, when he talked in the costume. Yeah, no, not a pro- not a problem with it. A million bucks. And then I think Marvel bought it and they and they fucking destroyed everything because they want to receive but they so you get a you get bad VHS transfer, transfers out there. Right. So all right. Um Yeah. Yeah. So uh you know where there's no grooming of minors? Ultimate Nintendo. Wait, wait, what? What are you talking about there? <laughs> Well, grooming it. What? What? Uh, I think you skipped. I think you skipped over. Wait a second. Well, there is an ultimate You can find books and and enamel pins. No and, grooming. This is. It's been alleged that Ezra Miller uh, had a cult and was grooming uh, uh, at least one minor uh, to, to go. I think we had to say that before you go into the segue. Yeah. yeah. So, so Ezra Miller has been accused of uh, harassment and grooming. Um. And I think there was a, fel- a felony burglary charge in Vermont that's come up yes. in the past couple of days. So that's, uh, that's yeah. Apparently, they he exhibits cult. They exhibit cult like behavior. Uh, no one was ever really allowed to disagree with them. Uh, their reality painted everyone else's reality. Um, I mean, he sounds like a. F- they sound like a mess. A fucking mess. Oh yeah. Uh, but there's a huge movie coming out next year with them starring. Yeah. So that's supposed to it was supposed to like kind of reset the whole DC like movie universe. Yes, this was the uh, time that they were going to reset and enact the uh, enact their ten year plan. I guess this is the start of the ten year plan. I guess they were going to bring in uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman, maybe, and maybe uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker to like bring it all together. 
potentially, which would have been interesting. Uh, but maybe uh, Miller's Flash can die during Flashpoint. <laughs> or you just bring in another one. People were saying, what about the TV guy? Yeah. Bring in the TV actor to do it. You know, do that. That shows, and it's been for nine years, that Flash. That was so. another thing that didn't make sense to me, was using different actors for the same character. Where It's, it's, it's not, it's not the universe. 90s anymore. I know. Because they, they had the TV universe, the Arrow universe, yeah. and the, it, whatever. There's only one universe, UltimateNintendo.com. The universe. Yep, there it is. The universe to get your RBI baseball stickers, <laughs> enamel pins get that you can't see because the screen painting's in front of it, uh, and the books. Uh, I'll be on uh, Twitch Wednesday, twitch.tv slash code, and we will be at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo, the triumphant East Coast return. Can't wait. That is August 13th and 14th in Long Island, right outside Nassau Coliseum. Um we're going to have a great time. We'll be there with friends having the best pizza we can possibly eat, gorging ourselves on, on the best pizza as well. What else is going on, Ian? What we got going on here? Oh. We got a Pac-Man movie. We got a Pac-Man movie, a live-action Pac-Man movie coming. Okay. How is that going to work? From the Hollywood Reporter. Your, your news on the back lot of Hollywood. Um, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. Uh, the company <laughs> no behind Pac-Man uh, and Wayfair Studios, the production company founded by Justin Baldoni and Steve Sarowitz. Uh, I don't wow. know what Wayfair Studios has done, so I'm going to take it. Oh, the project will be based on an original idea from Chuck Williams, who did Sonic the Hedgehog, of Lightbeam Entertainment. Great. So that means we're probably going to get at least one Pac-Man with human teeth. <laughs> If people don't. No, well, yeah, but we're, more importantly, we're going to go to the cheap. Oh, Pac-Man busts out of the video game into reality where he's hanging out with some fucking dude. And they do a little, oh, God, I don't want to see this. Just do an animated movie. Just do an animated movie. Pac-Man is not beloved enough. Uh, I hate to say as much as Sonic is to a, a younger, uh, more prime audience for it. Sure. To do that sort of treatment. Just do an animated movie and put it out on fucking Amazon or a streaming service. This is this is not good. This is not good to me. This idea. No, no, it's it's not. No. Um, I'm trying to see what else they've done. Come on, Wayfarers. Um, their upcoming slate includes uh, football drama, the senior, and coming of age dramedy, Empire Waste. Waste, as in the part of your body, not W A S T E. Um, great. Yeah, doesn't I can't find a whole lot about what they've done. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, five movies I have not heard of, uh, such as Five Feet Apart, It Ends With Me, uh, uh, Clouds. What's the Variety article say about this? Is there any plot? There's no plot about this. Can the, ubiqu- the ubiquitous video game in which a starving, pac- a starving Pac-Man chomps his way through a maze while attempting to evade daily ghosts. Blah, 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 blah. God. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot here. All right. Anyways, so that'll be uh, awful. I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I'll bet $100 it's going to be Pac-Man coming into our reality, just like, the, just like the Smurfs movie did, Yep. just like Sonic did. And it's like the most boring fucking thing to me to do that. Oh, Pac-Man discovers he can't really do it. Where are the dots to eat? I got to eat other circular-sized objects. Oh, my God. It's definitely going to be a montage of him eating circle, circle-sized fruits and spitting some out and enjoying some. Oh God! I just I, I my 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 hair hurts. Yeah, from that. This is cool news. This yeah. is very good news. This is is this big big news. Ian? This is big 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 news. I'm not going to do it if you're just going to rely on the board. Uh, <laughs> never again. Never again. <laughs> uh, while doing what? some, rec- this is from unlisted cheats at 
new underscore cheats underscore news. While doing some request work, I casually found some new cheats in Super Punch-Out for the SNES. All secret codes in this game use two-button combinations. Two of them are known. Sound test and Japanese name input. Oh, but there are two more. Oh! Uh, and these are actually for the second player controls you're supposed to press. At the title, hold Y and R, then press A or start. Okay. So what that brings is a, a screen where it shows whatever. It's not his name's not Little Mac, but whatever the the new Punch Out character is. What was his name in, in that one? I don't know. He doesn't look like Little. I Mac, don't nothing though. about Super Punch Out lore. Um, and it brings up a bunch of icons, like fighting game icons, and basically you can pick any of the. Um, you can pick any of the boxers. Any of the 16 boxers looks to, like. to fight against. So you can basically you can do practice rounds. However, even crazier. Oh. In the free match oh. mode, however, you can also press and hold B and Y, then press A or start. And now the CPU opponent can be controlled from Joypad 2, so you can fight against the real person. That is nuts. That's awesome. And uh, people have already shown you can do it with the ROM on Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, like it's it's so literally it's, undocumented. It's, it's, it's just been there forever. And undocumented ever. code that never appeared in Nintendo Power. Never was in a, a cheat book ever. No one ever knew right. that. Only Nintendo knew about this. That's it. Yeah. And they kept it a secret for all this time. Yep. Like when I hear this. If I had known this was a thing in the actual game, like an actual feature that they advertise, I would have been way more interested in getting this as as a kid. Yeah, I'm like wow, a two player mode and punch out. Yeah, like that's that's neat. This is the most interesting thing, like hidden thing I I think I've heard of in a long time. Yeah, and it it, it, it whenever I hear something like this, uh, I, I, I my my interest in video games always gets a little boost again. Because yeah. because of just how every time you think you've seen it all in games or there's nothing left to come out from, you know, the old days or anything like that, something like this cool happens or, come, you know, this news uh, comes out and all of a sudden it's like, what else is there hiding that we have no ideas about? Even in big name games, like big popular games by big companies. Oh, yeah. But to me, again, like if they had, if they had put this on the box saying this is one of the features of the game, a two player mode, if it functions okay, and people already, I think well, to, people are always trying to figure out like the special moves for each character, like how you actually yeah. deal with the button combination stuff, and like if that's all in the game for each of these boxers, like you can replicate them as you play them. Like I think like one one guy regains the health or you know prances around the ring. Like that's pretty impressive. It's interesting. I have a uh, feeling that they probably didn't put it in there because they didn't think it was going to be well received. Because I could imagine it being kind of clunky. You know, uh, sure. Even you know the the viewpoint is different, but it still sounds like it's functional. I think people would, would have taken it for what it was. Sure, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, would have taken. Oh, this is just a cool little bonus, right? It's not the main draw of the game. This isn't a, right. This isn't a traditional fighting game. No, I'm like super impressed, and I don't really have experience with this game at all. I'm gonna kind of say I never really played it as a kid. My cousin didn't have Super Punch Out. I don't think. Well, I probably did. I just never played it. They didn't let me get the controller some time. Come on, Andy, let me get the controller every once in a while. Jesus. So, well, that's fun. Not a shock. We brought this up in the past, Ian. Uh, less than 1% of Netflix subscribers plays their games. I would say less than 1% know that they have games that, are, that they could play. That's probably part of the reason. Well, I constantly uh, forget about it. 
I forget that there's games I can play. I turn on my Netflix. I, I punch up some uh, Night Rider. Well, the other thing uh, is, I and, think all of the games are are mobile, so you have to access them from your phone. So it's already weird. I mean, I, it's I, a, yeah, I, it's already it's already a step I don't like. I've to watched Netflix on my phone, like at a hotel in a pinch, you know, or like I've done that, but like I forget it's I can I forget about the app. I forget I can watch it like oh, while yeah. laying in bed. I forget about it. All of them have apps. Like yep. it's the same technology, but like I I forget about these things. Um. Netflix branded games and all have been downloaded 23.3 million times globally with around 1.7 million daily users, but that's less than 1% of their Netflix 221 million subscribers. And obviously that number has been going down. They've been losing subscribers. Netflix. Right. These numbers have been climbing steadily since May. So maybe they're they're marketing it out. Maybe, hey, we got these games. Again, though, like what's the what's their purpose? The purpose is to get people to subscribe to watch their content. I, you're never going to break through and it be like a game subscription service. Like that's not right. Why people... that's never going to be the draw. So it seems like wasted money to put that money into. But it. that's why Netflix is losing subscribers because they, they went from doing cool series and things. Now, oh, we're going to do the, another fucking Ryan Reynolds movie. Like that, no one cares. We don't want to see the Rock and Ryan Reynolds run around in these lower middle budget. Weird, actually, like that's not. I uh, watched that movie when I had COVID back home in Buffalo, and I couldn't tell you two things about that movie. I think I watched it up until the part with, with the bolt, the bullfighting scene, the bolt scene, or whatever. I'm just like, I'm done. I uh, don't uh, remember there being a bullfight. Or just, I'm just, <laughs> it was not, it was not great. I watched a little bit of the uh, the one where he was in Ryan Reynolds, where he's part of like the team of the six or whatever they're called. Um, they're like like a like a Mission Impossible team. Oh yeah. With Michael Bay producing it or directing it, I was like, I watched 15 minutes. Like, I don't think I need to watch this. This is not why I'm on Netflix. I'm on Netflix to watch season three of Knight Rider. That's why I'm on Netflix. I'm so sad there's going to be only a fourth season and no proper ending. Oh, excuse me. Well, Hasselhoff wrote an, wrote one to be the ending. They didn't use it as the last episode. So oh. I'm going to skip over that one and, and save it for the last episode. There you go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not watch it chronological order. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting, I, I mean, I'm in love with Knight Rider. I, I I, it's better than you th- think. It actually is. Sure. It wasn't for kids. It was the weird time where you had goofy action stuff in primetime in the 80s. Talked about with Andre. Like, that's, we're never going to see that again. Oh, no. Like, these goofy, really over the top ideas. There will never uh, be another A team type show on television. Not primetime, no. Not prop time. Yeah. No. Nope. It's for kids, but also adults. Yeah. No one's getting killed, but people get killed in Night Rider. We've got the guns adults love, but the no deaths that kids. Was anyone need. ever killed on eighteen? Because people get killed on Night Rider all the time. I feel like people were probably killed in the eighteen. I don't know about that. I'm not so sure about that. No one's ever hit with a gun. We know that with, with the machine guns. People get murdered on, on uh, Night Rider almost every episode. So all right, you can look that up. People have people ever been killed on the eighteen during the entire series? Only five people died on screen. Five? Yes. Oh, like villains that came to a weird end? Uh, That's the problem. So. The problem, the problem, in, not problem, Night Rider, innocent people get killed to set up plots sometimes. Right. You guess people get, some person gets stabbed, you know, one of the episodes because they're trying to steal something from them. Like, well, okay. This is like murder she wrote stuff that we're seeing here. Five out of how many episodes? Like uh, 90 something. Wow. Okay. Well, they earlier on, then they got more sanitized as kids got into the, and they get, put out more toys. Is that what happened probably? Yeah. No. We need, we need, I, now I don't know when those deaths occur. Were they all in the first couple of years? You know? Because that show was on for like five, six years. That show. It's on until like 87, I think. Interesting. Uh-oh, you're getting drawn in. Mad Dog Murdoch was shot twice during the series. Okay. And B.A. Uh, Mr. T was shot once off screen. 
Off screen? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Michael Knight gets beat up a lot in the show and hurt. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, are, are we at the end of the boom of the gaming pandemic? I don't know. It's possible. Um, it, 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 according to Sony... Uh, they they think it is. Nintendo does not see it that way. Uh, Sony had something like a 28% drop-off, I think. You're up. Um, which is, for, the, for the quarter? Yeah, which is which is big. Um, but I think that, I mean, there naturally has to be an end to the pandemic boom at some point. Because sure. it was a boom. And a lot of these companies probably don't want to admit that it was a boom. But a lot of the money that is in video games right now, whether it's from... Uh, you know, retro collectors all the way up to modern day systems, you know, and flipping, you know, PS5 systems. It all came from a place of boredom and isolation and needing something to do and something to do at home. And as people get out more and more, it's only natural that you're going to see um, uh, a slump. Um, sales of PlayStation 4 and 5 titles fell from a year earlier in uh Playtime plunged 15% in the quarter. Okay. That makes more sense if more people are going back to work or the office. Microsoft says uh, sales from content and services are down 6%. Um, operating, plun- operating profits plunged 37%. And Nintendo reported its U.S. software sales dropped 23% in the same period. That's that's a big drop. for a, If it's year over year, that's a big drop. It is. And, yeah. uh, Nintendo is saying you know it's a matter of... Uh, I think they're they're trying to write it off as a matter of supply is now being met. You know, all the big for consoles. Yeah, for consoles and stuff like that. You know, whereas anything they could put out prior because it was in such demand was selling out immediately. And now that people, you know, well, can access them. They've had less big titles, too. They have. There the hasn't really. There, I, I'm uh, trying. I know Splatoon is coming out. Metroid was earlier. Uh, Metroid. Dread. That was last year. Oh, Dread. That's not a huge title, but I see it's it's something. I'm talking like triple A, everyone's gonna get it titles. That's what I mean. Uh yeah, I don't know. They haven't had they haven't had a big one like that in in a couple of years at least. Sure. Um I guess I guess you say Animal Crossing was the last one which people didn't expect. No, uh I would say something between then and whatever. Uh Clubhouse games, there it is. I mean that did pretty well. Clubhouse games that was perfect for the for the pandemic folks. It did it did do well. I liked it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so back to the question. Well, I, I do it. think I do think the 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 boost from the slump is probably starting to end. Um, and plus, there's less consoles to sell. There's 111 111 million switches that have been sold. At some point, you're going to slow down. Right. I mean, it's still mirac- like not miraculous, but holy shit, 111 million switches yeah and i think years. i think sony would probably see a bump in their sales if they could actually meet the demand i mean playstation 5s are still still selling out quickly they're still unobtainable yeah wow so. what about what about the xboxes do people care about xboxes uh, i think you can get an xbox now if you want to get an xbox uh, their revenues sank seven percent microsoft that's not bad seven percent they're gonna keep going up every year no i was gonna say like uh, that it was a six percent loss i think console sales decline 11 percent 
then revenue from gaming content and services dipped 6%. The thing about Nintendo is that being that a lot of the software, especially the first part of stuff, is actually exclusive, unlike these other consoles, uh, where they a lot of stuff share between maybe even uh, Steam or PC, they are a little bit more protected. Like when Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, they're they're going to do gangbusters. I mean, yeah, everyone's going to buy. It. They're going to sell. Right. Like, they're going to sell like what, like twenty million of those at least. Thirty million of those are going to sell. So I mean, they're going to be back. They're going to be back hitting and out of the park again. That's why Nintendo should go third party. Activision Blizzard had a seventy percent plunge in net profits and twenty nine percent drop in revenues. Well, I, I know people don't think like I, I. I think that can also be attributed to the fact that they're a company that's been constantly in the news for issues. And I do think there are people who have made an active choice that, you know, not to support them. I, sure. I think it's more than just the pandemic stuff when it comes to them, because it doesn't, it doesn't line up with any of the numbers that my, Nintendo or Microsoft or Sony are talking about either. That yeah. is a huge fall off. And I, I do think the, the, the problems and the public's perception of them have probably damaged. Yeah, it's part of it. I, I, I'm not saying it's all of it, but I do think uh, it, it played into it. Yes. That's also before uh, Diablo Immortal came out. So like, those numbers aren't in there, so maybe that's sure. going to help. And that finally just came out in China, I think, a couple of weeks ago, because they, they, they remember they were going to not come out of it. That finally came out there. It's going to do great yeah. there. Um, well, I'm glad they asked uh, good old Michael Pachter, uh, Managing Director at Wedbush Securities, his uh, his uh, opinion on the matter here. He said that at uh, this point, numbers were largely driven by comparisons with outsized performance a year ago. All right, you, you got me there, Michael. In other words, companies couldn't match the wildly high numbers they posted in 2021. Everyone saw record numbers during shelter in place with catalog sales of older titles leading the way. That set up an impossible comparison, and, and the year-over-year -year declines were well-telegraphed and were expected. All right, Michael, you got that one right uh, for a change. Um, Electronic Arts was one of the rare companies that defied the gaming contraction, posting a 50% rise in profits. Okay, interesting. And revenue growth of 14%. Hmm. A lot more loot boxes and uh, ultimate Maybe. card packs. Yeah. <laughs> because of the pandemic, you have to collect this shit. So then it goes into about the about the shortages and you know the semiconductors and things of that nature. Um, Switches isn't slowing down. Uh, we didn't bring this up before. It took the entirety of the what you want to say eight year cycle of the switch. Excuse me, of the Wii sales that hit their hundred and one million. They've hit they've hit this in far less years, hundred and eleven with the switch. Oh yeah. So this might go to one twenty. It might go to one thirty. Like it's. It, there's potential still. It, it, could, it could beat the PS2. That may be tough. I'll just tough, say, but I'll say it could. won't. But like, it's. Gonna... I don't think it will. But I mean, it, 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 it's it's the first thing that's had a real shot at it. Yeah. Who would who would have thunk that? Right. Who would have thunk that? Well, Ian, birthday boy. Yeah. Got a little got we, a little gift. We got a gift this week. Got a little gift. This gift is from the Intellivision underscore Mika Reddit. Yep. Uh, from from user, uh, Tommy. What's the user called on this? Uh, Tattling Tommy. Tattling Tommy. Uh, what what was revealed here, Ian? So we got uh, the pitch deck. Uh, the so the all, all the things are in television convertible note term sheet whatever in television fact book <laughs> loose usage of the term facts uh, the Intellivision pitch deck. In television form of the convertible promissory notes and in television subscription agreement. Convertible promissory note stuff. So basically, this was all dumped uh, to the uh, Reddit. 
and we have said it from a former disgruntled employee. employee. So here, here mm. it is, folks. This is how it starts. And this shit's just going to get weirder and weirder as as more and more stories come out. The main Intellivision story, in my mind, is is over at this point. We're not going to get we're not going to get a clean wrap up like we all want. It's going to fade away. But give it a couple of years, and we're going to get the story, the actual behind the scenes stories. Yes. We'll we'll be able to line up what we were saying with what other people are saying and see how accurate we were. We will be this. able to have a timeline more of yeah. internal events and decisions and, and who did what, who protested against what, what employees weren't paid for their work or left, and what you know why, why these things happened, why they were still looking for people to work on their console f- uh, four months before the console was supposed to come out in October two thousand twenty. Like what happened with these events more. Uh, with us outside looking in, we made pretty good guesses that things were happening that were bad, but we'll know in black and white for sure. So, uh, going over the the pitch deck first, this is probably from 2020, I think, early 2020. Looks like it. Closer to that. Um, 16 slides on it, and, uh, you know, it's a lot of nonsense. First, I just want to start off with the uh, the cover picture, which is a family uh, sitting family together. Family, family, um, together, friends. family, friends, uh, sitting in front of a TV screen that has in television, bringing family and friends photoshopped on it. Uh, the Ooh, first oh, thing I noticed oh. this morning, and I was like, Jesus Christ, the pet's like, what? And he says, no, save it for the podcast. The controller that is photoshopped into the woman's hand is scale size of like a hardcover book. That thing is massive in her hands. Wow. Okay. Like, look at that. That's huge. That's just, and it, it is not at all to scale with the controller that the father is holding that also looks kind of too large. But the one she's holding is literally the cover. Like, it, it's it's a hardcover book size. That's a, that's a chunky controller. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, this also, is that, and that's the first version of the controller where it has the two buttons on the one side. Remember they changed it uh, at, at the one point to make it more like the original yeah, yeah, where they they slid one button down, and that's the the one time Tommy said we were right. But Tommy actually said like you guys are right. You called that about the button placement thing, right? And they actually said that. So that this is like maybe earlier than we thought. Yeah, You're maybe twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Because yeah, this is the, had, this is where it had the two buttons on the one side. Yeah. All right. Um. So next slide is uh, the Tommy Tallarico, uh info info slide. Oh. Oh boy, you uh, always want to lead with with the CEO in your pitch deck for your product, right? You always want to do that, right? Uh, with oh that boy. awful picture of him from like uh, Guitar Insider magazine or whatever, he looks like he's <laughs> fucking blowing a load into a into a into an X. Um, okay, thirty plus years in the video game industry. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. First to release video game music album on Capitol Records. Okay, maybe that's highly specific. <laughs> Emmy Telly Award winner as producer on air talent for syndicated video game TV show. Uh, people are having trouble digging up uh, whatever that so would be. The Telly is a Canadian award, right? Um, so he worked on the the show up there um, that I never saw. Reviews on the run or something. Whatever like the that. hell it was yeah. with with, with uh, Lucas, his friend. Yeah. there. <laughs> Victor um, Lucas. Who seems Victor, like a good guy. Seems like a good guy, but should be critical of his friend more. Um, the Emmy Award, if someone can point that out, that would be fantastic. That where where his nice Emmy Award is. Creator performer of video games live concerts, longest running orchestral concert. Bullshit. Oh, that isn't? I said uh, I would have given him that. No? Uh 
longest running orchestral what is it show of all time for for um oh not oh not for just video games no oh. not just for video oh. games he means anything he means anything yeah, wait a minute. It's absolutely not true. I can't find it, but like someone we're immediately like, like the, had like an answer. We're like the Boston Pops. They do shows constantly beyond that. He's just something? lying. He's oh. just he's just lying. This right. next one I tried to verify. The Guinness World Record holder for most video games worked on. Okay, that's bullshit because he didn't. We know that, right? It, it, it was his LLC that hired out people. The largest orchestral concert of all time at seven hundred thousand plus. People and I try to look this up, and I see they're claiming that in China there was over half a million people that attended a concert, like in person. Is there a video of this anywhere? I'm, I, if there's a video of this or any evidence, please show me where this is. That's all I'm gonna say. That seems like a tough get. That does seem pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. And the, a, a life. This is the one that I love so much. Okay. Uh, lifetime Achievement Award recipient. No, it doesn't tell you what Lifetime Achievement Award it is. It just says Lifetime Achievement Award recipient. We don't know if this is from fucking eating a lot of honeycombs or if this is like, I, I don't know, collecting um, box tops. Uh, well, I think what it was for, Tommy founded his own. Yes. Uh, his uh, The Game Audio Network Guild or gang. So he founded this sort of little group. And then I think started awarding him, himself and his friend stuff. And so I think that's what the Lifetime Achievement Award's from. Gotcha. I think. So, yeah. Because, oh, okay, trophies and certificates, you go to, the, you go to their website. And I think, uh, let's see, does Tommy come up on here? Tommy. Let's see, does Tommy come up Tommy. on here? I think that's where it comes from. Oh, by the way, you can, uh, you can buy a trophy. You can buy your own trophy on this website for the, for the Game Audio Network Guild. Okay, that's weird. You can buy a trophy. Okay. So what's next, you know? Uh, so then there's a slide that goes uh, Nintendo Wii a case study that goes over some numbers. The big the big thing to point out here is uh in 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 blue in quotes, we're picking up where the Wii left off 14 years ago. Tommy Tellerico. What that why do you why would you advertise that? That sounds bad. Hey, we're going to pick up this project from 14 years ago. That's how we're going to be real modern. That Nintendo decided we already we already drew all the blood from this stone. We got to move on. Like yeah. if Nintendo still thought they could make money off the Wii, they would have. They would have. Absolutely they would have. Yes, They're not they, gonna just not uh, make money. But they, they Tommy yes. doesn't know something that Tommy loves to think think he knows He's things. Smarter that, than uh, Nintendo. Yeah. Uh video game market problems is slide four. Uh isolating, not user friendly, violent, complex, expensive, predatory. Violent above an illustration of a Nintendo Switch console. I think it's violent. like Resident Evil or something on there though. Predatory. Yes. Predatory showing on a mobile game. iPhone. Sure. Uh, expensive $500 Xbox. He puts predatory on this for, for like, oh, when do you really want to buy this? Whatever this. Yet you could purchase games from the front of the of the user interface on the Amico. Remember that? Yes. You yes. you can literally see stuff you can buy with a click of a button. Yep. Like literally. I think he means like in-app transactions here, but still. But it's very predatory. We, just, we talk about yes, the time. We talk how, about how predatory it is. Oh, to here's have an animation. Un, yeah. Animation of a game you can purchase. Right. You just got to click on it. Uh, page five is uh, just going over the simple, affordable uh, family shit that he always 
Um, yeah, this is why you can tell that this was before. It was, only, it was still at 225 target retail price. Yes. Uh, but this is uh, my favorite thing here. Uh, simple, affordable family talks about what they're doing right underneath this smaller line. Not competing with Sony, PlayStation, and Microsoft Xbox in the hardcore gamer market. This is the thing that I, I, I this always drove me nuts with him. Um, and this, this, I guarantee you, comes from the secret stuff as well. Just saying that you're not competing in this market against them does not like make it a reality. Make that a reality. You are absolutely competing with them in this market. And he always, always tried to hammer home. Well, uh, no, we're, we're not. And I think he called me out for something like that once early on because I was, I said that again. I was like, you can't. You don't decide. Trust, you don't decide the, market, the market you're the market. in. The market finds you. Yeah. It's the video game market, man. You're competing against these. Yes. You are not the only person who's ever had family fucking games. Yes. So uh, that just, that got me. Uh, Mita Miko, you know, talks about the Karma Gaming Engine patent pending. Uh, okay. The, okay. Let's, let's stop here for a okay. second. First of all, everything, almost everything on here is false. Yes. Almost everything on here is false. The Karma Gaming Engine patent pending was bullshit. Tommy even said it, it in an interview that they knew it was fucking bullshit. Yep. It's an ethos. It's not a technology that you can patent. Second, the innovative parental controls patent pending. So they try to do a fucking RFID card key to unlock it. Like, that would be better than a password. You don't think kids could find it laying around in their parents' drawer and just click it on their console, unlock it? It's an RFID. You can go online and fucking get i mean it's you can an, get bootleg once it's an overly obtuse way to put parental controls on your system tommy uh, is really interested in kitschy gimmicky weird little bullshit that he thinks is going to set him apart the touch lcd it's touch and i mean the extremely loosest version of that word you can literally click on things you're not dragging shit you're not you're not playing the games on the console right. you can point at things on the console, you can't. You can't like. You can't bring the game over to there and play it on there. It's not a smartphone. Two it's not a smartphone. Two controllers uh, uh, in the box, up to eight controllers and phones. Well, the last we heard, there was going to be a version with only one controller because the prices had gotten too crazy, and we never ever saw anything even remotely close to an eight-player game. I don't think we ever really saw anything close to a true four-player game. Yeah, we, we did we did in the in the car swipers, maybe the missile command, but we never we never saw eight. Okay. I don't think we saw eight. I think we did see four a little bit. Uh esports for everyone. Patent pending is a thing that was uh dropped here and never brought up again. That's how you know it's early 2019. Horror de- debut at E3 June 2019. Right, yeah. Okay. This is what this is what their this is what their debut was. They rented a hotel room off site and they they uh, got people to check it out, including influencers like uh, John Riggs, Metal Jesus went there. And that's where my source told me, and this has never been refuted by anyone. This is how I know it's right, that they showed off. The controllers were, they had mock the controllers were there, but the console was not obviously close to being finished. It was an orange pie in a shell. And they were just basically running it off of Android environment, the games that um, they had at the time. You know, it's something that I've always wanted to bring up and I guess never really have, but it's been something that I've thought for, you know, a long time of covering the Amico. Um, they clearly blew all of their money on R&D for the controllers and had nothing else. I don't think and, they well, and never did anything. They, they just that's where that's where the progress stops. But I just think that's where their focus was, yeah. because 
you can't announce a console with with no R and D done yet, and there was nothing done when they showed it at Portland in 2018. Oh, I heard he was basically just wish casting at that yes. point. He was just standing on stage talking about how, oh how well, cool it would no, be. No, I've watched but, yeah, I've watched the presentation. Oh, okay. he literally the graphics were just what he got from the from the, the agency he hired to come up with a physical look for a console, and he just pasted it into his PowerPoint. You can't go from in, in only seven, eight months to a concept to having a, a prototype console that you can play with an environment. It's, it's nearly impossible unless you're a huge company like Nintendo doing it. Right. Where you have tons of resources to throw at it. So that was uh, mostly bullshit. Game development. This is where it becomes fraud to me. This is where this is a fucking con. Yep. They have all these logos of companies that uh, oh, uh, Mattel, Lego, Warner Brothers, Hasbro, Disney, Marvel, Sesame Street, Universal, Universal, Ninja Turtles, Nickelodeon, Atari, Frogger, Telestrations, Earthworm Jim, Paw Patrol, and Wheel of Fortune. You never had any of this. You had Atari. Well, you had Atari. For Missile Commands. You thought you had Earthworm Jim at some point. I think they thought they were getting Telestrations. After that, though, Ian... There was no evidence that there was development on almost, I think, the rest of these. The rest of the, uh, what, a dozen or so. There was the Sesame Street. But, yeah, there's well, nothing no, Nickelodeon. I mean, they showed Flash game right. video, but there's no evidence they actually worked sure. on the game themselves. Um, the 40 games at launch. They, were, they say at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. They said there was 22 playable games at E3. I would love to know what games those actually were. Uh, because I don't think there were 22 playable, so if someone can correct me on that, how many were actually playable. There was However, with a lot of what uh, they showed in their first video, I, if they if, if we're talking about like that shitty Pong game that was like footballs and basketballs, that's stuff that anyone can slap together. So they probably had like a couple of these cheap-ass fucking uh, demos, essentially. But uh, that's My argument it. is they never had 22 playable games ever, even, no, at, even at Turkey Point later yeah, on. Good old, tur- good old Turkey they, Point. They had like six, yeah. maybe eight. I've they never had that many. Um, um, what's next year? The market size is ridiculous, obviously, because they're counting uh, they're counting mobile gamers as a huge part of it. I uh, remember when uh, they did uh, the Crayola event, and he immediately started talking about how hey, we're working on a partnership with Crayola after they did the event, and then like immediately it was like taken off of something because eventually Crayola people, like, what people are, are like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I would love to know what those conversations were like. Like, uh, no, we said hi to you because you hosted an event here. Why do you think we're making something for you? And that's also how Tommy operates. He talks to you or you look at him once. He thinks you guys are fucking doing something together. Sure. Uh, The mobile game market, the size, obviously, it's insane because they think that the the mobile game market is the same for a home console, and it's not. Right. So that's obviously awful market research. And then uh, I love... uh, Picking up where we left off 14 years ago. Again. Right. And I love it because now they can't even bother to Photoshop. They are holding chunky, awful third party like PS2 or 3 controllers, the yep. family. Yep. It's just a bad look. Uh, hardcore gamers, 200 million. Casual gamers, 3 billion uh, with a couple of circles. Target buyer, mom, 30 to 50. Family friendly social media targets, morning TV show promotion, mall tours with GameStop. Leverage and television brand in resurgent retro market. So now, he, like right there, he, he, it's, he always, towards the end of it, he constantly hammered home that he wasn't going for hardcore gamers and it wasn't for the retro market yet right here leverage and television brands in, in resurgent retro market right under target buyer mom 30 to 50 and when you see 
the vitriol that he came out against us for. Yes. We knew why, but this really, for everyone else, shows why what he, what he thought we were saying from the start was harmful. Because he really came after us when we said the Intellivision brand was dead and gone. Oh, yeah. And no he, one cared. He took it pers- personally. So if I'm an investor and I don't know anything about the old market or about this, the last thing Tommy will want to see is is him Googling or YouTubing uh, uh, us and seeing us saying people that know about the retro game markets, we've been in it for 25 years. Sure. For us say this market is dead. You can't do anything with this brand because here he is trying to pitch it to people to get their investment dollars as a, as a direct point. Yep. While at the same tr- time trying to say we're not banking on the Intellivision name uh, in nostalgia. He said that, which is bullshit. So he knew how harmful it was for people like Ian and me pointing out the truth. Yes. Because he knew that, uh, you know, that it was harmful because he could say all he wants about, oh, the target buyer is a mom 30 to 50. Uh, notice how he's not going to even bother to say 25 because, but even 30 to 40 have, have no idea what the fuck the Intellivision is. Again, you can uh, say this all you want. It doesn't make it true. Morning TV show promotion. He really thought he was going to get on Ellen. He really thought I was going to get on celebrity endorsements. Ellen, Jessica Alba. Well, well, Jessica Alba has been endorsing the switch uh, recently. And have you seen that? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. She's been loving the the, the switch uh, fit stuff. It looks like she's been endorsing that stuff. Uh, Excuse me. The new switch sports uh, pack. That's right. right. So what what the fuck is this? I I mean, they they never endorsed it. You're just, again, Uh, wish, wishing, wishing. You think you're going to get into Costco? Costco would have told you what they would want to price, uh, price it for. Not the other way around. They would say, this is the price. We don't care how much uh, you make at it. This is our wholesale price. That would have been impossible. Uh, this no old market. chestnut that he loved to bandy about. Team, over 600 years of industry experience. How come no one stopped him when he kept talking about this? Being like, you, this is ridiculous. This is a playground boast, Tommy. What did, what did Perrin Kaplan, uh, former EVP of marketing, ever do at Intellivision Entertainment? Please tell me. Please tell me what she actually did. Please tell me what Kara Acker, VP Marketing, 15-plus years in consumer products at Mattel, what did she do besides appear in a, in a pitch video? Once. Yeah. What did she do? Was she, she wasn't working in the Santa Ana offices uh, five days a week. We know that. So what was she doing? What were all these people doing all the time? What was J- J- uh, Jason Enos uh, doing every day? What was Bill Fisher doing? What was Scott uh, Sumora doing in Japan? What were these people doing? Yeah. They weren't doing anything. Of material value. We know Jay Allen wasn't doing anything material value to the company because that's what the SEC document actually said. Right. That he had no material involvement. Man. He was just a, an advisor, and that's it. Yep. We know these things. Uh, milestones and road mapping. Uh, this is just a bunch of bullshit. It shows how much money they were getting or trying to get at that time. Yeah, they're trying to get it. So they had the, the founder put in $600,000 for acquiring the IP and their own a line of credit. Great. Uh, seed round, so you know they got a few million there, maybe from uh, David Perry and friends there, and they were trying to get the seven million up to that point. Uh, this is also the time period where I think they knew they were in trouble. The angel investor was gone that I, I've yes. talked about that was gone or, or going to be gone. So this is all in that period, or maybe this is what they pitched the angel investor that, from my source, uh, decided not to get into it after the E3. Maybe this is what used to potentially hook them in, and they and they saw it on purpose. I said, "Wow, these games are bullshit. This controller sucks." Well, that's what uh, I heard was that the 2019 uh, presentation basically uh, was truly Amico's last stand, and it's just been it, it's been a dog and pony show ever since. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. And then launched in 2020. We knew that was going to uh, happen. The manufacturing was supposed to start uh, when 
Uh, look at that. It was supposed to be by like May-ish of 2020. Obviously, this is pre-pandemic. If you started in May to get out for October, that's still cutting it close, but it's probably possible to get out in October. You probably wouldn't be in production, I would guess, March or April, because who knows how long it's still to come over with, with customs and things. So it could take two to three months without the pandemic to ship something over. It could take right. uh, from China, uh, in my experience. Um, EP promotional tours, that never happened. How about the financial projections? Oh, God, dude. <laughs> so they thought they would do 73 million in total sales the first year. Um, they thought they would do 243 million in 2021. And then in 2022, they thought they were going to do half a billion dollars. Uh, and then in 2023, they thought they were going to do. 793 million they were going to do almost a billion in sales just fucking insane no one pulled them for down like when they were t- like they, they, they're just holding helium balloons floating off into space here no one tried to ground these they people. thought they were going to get a global market share of the entire gaming market of here of 1.25 percent they thought they were going to get literally 1.25 percent of every single person in the world that plays a video game either on a console on a computer, on a mobile device. This, this is this is and that's ins- well insane and, fucking thinking. And it's what he had been saying since the beginning, and it's what he used, I think, to get stupid people into it because he would always say, "We only need one percent. We just need the smallest slice. We just need one percent of that market, and we're going to be, you know, fucking no. eating off of gold plates." One one point two five percent would mean that on my block there's probably uh, seventy five fifty people. Uh, maybe a hundred next block. Every fucking block of people, block and a half, is a hundred people. Well, at least one person would have to have an amico. That's how insane. When you say one percent of the population, one point two percent of the global population, right? That is fucking batshit stuff. Yep. Batshit stuff for a startup company with no experience. And in countries where, and, and you have to um, keep in mind that there are countries where TVs are not commonplace or they're shared objects. Correct. And- Ian. Which and, means that in the developed world, it would have to be even higher right, than one Yeah, which means a place like this would have to pick up for that, which means that we're talking like uh, four people on every block yes. having a fucking Amiga. Now we're talking, every block. Now we're talking like Nintendo, Sony, Xbox sort of stuff, where it's just like, this is just... But they're not competing. But they're not. They're not competing. Right. They're not competing. They're not competing when it's when it's convenient. Now you see why they couldn't get real investors. Because right. this stuff is fucking This insane. falls apart in two seconds. Without This is, does not pass the smell test. No. You don't even need to. I wouldn't need to ask what numbers. When I see 1.25%, I would be like, well, how did you come up with the number? How could you penetrate that market? How You know how much money you would take to, for advertising? I'm not even like a big business guy when it comes to like money. How much advertising would you have to do to get 1.25% of the video game market? Like that, I don't know, a hundred million a year, 200, 300, 400 million. We're talking an insane amount. You know how much money Coca Cola spends every year in advertising? And they have, and they're the number one, and they have to keep spending that money to maintain like the number one. Like, we're talking insane amounts of money in order to, for, to have brand awareness continue. Look at Ian with his Diet Coke. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Why do you think companies that are in number one still spend tons of money? Because they have to protect where they are, yeah. let alone trying to break into them. 
This is nuts. So the next slide is basically the last slide and is uh, just a real humdinger. Um, the exit strategy. Exit strategy. Okay. So here's the here's the oh, thing. Okay. You, you, uh, let me let me let me read the exit strategy to you. Oh wait, there's nothing to read. The exit strategy slide is simply a bunch of corporate logos. We've got Mattel, Disney, Hasbro, Microsoft, Apple, Mixie, Amazon, Nintendo, Facebook, Viacom, Tencent, Comcast, Google, and Sony. The fact that they <laughs> thought it any of these, any of these would be interested in picking them up is just it really again goes to show the pie in the sky wishful thinking that I mean, what are you, Oculus? Yeah, uh, Facebook's going to spend a billion or two dollars on you? Are you nuts? For shitty fucking phone games. <laughs> I mean, they were dumb for spending that much on Oculus Facebook, but at least there was yeah. a theory behind it. Right. At least it's a, it's a new uh, technology segment. What do you got? A fucking shitty controller. And you, have, and you have mobile quality games. So they thought that, Ian, that they'd march down that road of making half a billion dollars. And some company like, wow, what's going on here? And they were just, they were just oh, we're just going to buy you up. Yeah. Yeah, I feel no. like I feel like they probably thought this was like dropping a big dick on the bargaining table, being like, "Here's our exit strategy. Notice, We're going to get bought by Disney." <laughs> I really, I really hope people out there understand what this says to the people that Tom was trying to peddle these games to, the people he quote unquote cared about and commiserated with on YouTube and on Nintendo Age, and no, excuse me, not Nintendo Age, Atari Age. He never cared about your user experience. He wanted to get out. He was looking for a way out at the start. It wasn't just we're going to put out a great product, Ian. We're going to we're going to have a profitable, good business. We're going to put out games for several years and maybe do a, a sequel console. He knew this wasn't this wasn't first of all a sustainable thing. Probably no. He, he wanted someone to take the crappy idea and overspend on it. He was so not he get out. He wasn't he wasn't doing this because he wanted to. He didn't even really want to. He, he wanted to be able to say he did something big in the video game industry, but he didn't actually. This wasn't his life's passion. No. From this moment, oh, no. from, from from this early on, it's clear that he wants to build something and make it as shiny as possible for other people with more money to come and buy him out. So it's never going to be the rest of his life's work. This was this was him trying to get uh, rich quick again. This was his, this pitch deck was to fool people to put in money to build the dream to get a big company to then foolishly put in their money in order to reap the huge rewards. Reap the rewards. He wanted that Oculus buyout. He wanted that. Hey, we're going to overspend on this, uh, and then you don't ever. And you're the man, Tommy. But you can't do that unless you put all these building blocks in place and have a competent team to make a product and actually release it and and get uh you know get get people that actually want your product to spend money over years and years of time and have an actual market develop like these. It's it's easier than it looks, huh, Tommy? Well, excuse me, it's harder than it looks. He thought it was easier. Yes, harder <laughs> it's, than it's it looks. Hard, it's, it's all good. We're there. We got you. Uh, then there was also the internal uh, fact sheet. I guess that would be for someone like Nick, the C uh, Nick, the CFO, uh, to be like, "Hey, um, this is what he's what he has potential investors on the phone are talking to people about it." Uh, there's there's less less interesting there, Ian, but there's still some stuff there if you want to go through quickly on the fact sheet. <sighs> I, I I don't really, but because it, it really does regurgitate a lot of it, but. Um, I think this is the one with something else we really wanted to point out about Tom Tom. Uh, Wed Bush, who uh, hired Michael, who hires Michael Pactor, uh, Wed Bush Security did this company overview winter 2020. So this is like a year and a half after the pitch deck. This is, we are now in the, we know that this console is not coming out. It's delayed at least a year. So um, this is like clearly. 
uh, bullshit. Uh, one of these pages here, basically, it's just it's just more bullshit uh, talking about like iconic brand with premium titles and licensing. And you've got Pong and a picture of something that I can't make out, and then Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, uh, Burger Time, Transformers. Underneath it, though, there's an asterisk that says currently in later stage discussions. What page is this? Fourteen. Uh, yeah, sorry, it's page fourteen. Page 14. Um, currently in later stage, stage discussion is next to like Transformers, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. I guarantee you there were no late da- stage discussions going on. This is, again, pie in the sky uh, wish casting. Wish, wishing, wishing. They said they had 88 games in the pipeline. pipeline. 88 games. This is after the console. We know it's not coming out. It won't come out for at least a year. They're saying they had 88 games in development, including Wheel of Fortune, Transformers, Lunar Lander, Dig Dug, Burger Time, Night Driver, and a bunch of shit from these other companies. I mean, it's it's despicable and low. These are blatant lies. Yes. Lies. They're lies. Um, and then my favorite lie, uh, page 15, television leadership, Tommy Tellerico, oh. CEO, president. Okay. Gotcha. Uh 30 years of experience. 30 years? Yeah, Game sure. Designer, okay, uh, right, yeah. I mean, tell you what. You know you're uh, composer, but okay. Hall of Fame Yankees minor league baseball player. <laughs> what the fuck? Who puts that out? Uh, I, what? <laughs> and he's not. He, he paid to go to a, a Yankees camp. He did fantasy leagues for years. So a fantasy camp is that you you pay thousands of dollars when you're a rich 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 man and it was never good enough to make a real team and you pay thousands of dollars for a week experience where you get the old time the older players from that team to train you and you do like a couple of games throw the you, ball around with you and yeah, I think after you get, you get your own you get your own you get your own uniform and I think after you do it five times someone was saying they like put you in like a hall of fame wow yeah. so Tommy is bragging about that, Going to fantasy camp. He played cosplay baseball player and spent probably 25, 30 grand to do that over several years to say I'm in the Hall of Fame. Even if this was true, what kind of fucking uh, fragile human needs to put that on on a list of their accomplishments when they're trying to make a video game console? Well, that's well. you look at a lot of these, it's not pertinent. Sure. But, But I mean, like. It's just it's delusions of grandeur. Yes, it's it's literally the delusions of grandeur. Yep. It's like you paid money, which is fine. You have you have five six thousand dollars to blow because that's what these usually cost. You have money to blow. You're going to play some older, you know, Yankee players. Of course, he's a Yankees fan. Of course, uh, the Yankee fans don't come after me for saying that, but of course. Um, fuck so, so fuck the Yankees. <laughs> there goes our Yankees audience. <laughs> so it's all in good fun. But he he does this and plays against some some Yankees quote unquote legends because they usually the Hall of Famers don't play. They show up just to, for like a day, probably say hi. Yeah, they get some players need some cash that you know help train you. And you put that on your resume. Well, you know, you co- you, you want to cosplay the CEO, you cosplay as a baseball cheap, player. But like, are you five? Uh, like, <laughs> are, you, are you a five year old, Tommy? They thought they were going to get Sean Astin to to uh, promote. Oh yeah, sure. Why? Why would Sean Astin and Jim Parsons promote this? Like, why? Vans, the shoes. Vans is listed. Vans, the shoes would do it. Really. And Legos, when it's first of all, it's Lego, not Legos. They said it's Legos. It's no, it's Lego. It's Lego bricks. Come on, come on. Even I know. That. Everyone knows this. It's silly. There are scales about. Oh, we have the the, the most most uh, affordable console. It, like there's like these weird graphs that don't make any sense. 
Uh, I don't know if you saw that graph, you know, on one of these pages. But, uh, yeah, that was also uh, on. Uh, yeah, it's on page uh, 12. So I think it was on the pitch. Ease deck. of play and affordability. There's a chart and like ease of play and affordability is a top right meaning. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm right yeah. on it. Yeah. And it literally like this is again, this is kind of like the exit plan page. They just literally uh, we understand that graphs go up and to the right. So yeah. this is what we're going to do. So they think that they think somehow the Intellivision would be easier to play than the switch which is notoriously easy to play the games. Yeah. Uh, and we've already seen videos where there's literally two-minute tutorials about how to even use the fucking controller. How to, to pick which to, control scheme you want. How to play Shark Shark. Like, there's a, there's a tutorial before you have to actually pick it up and play. Just just insane fucking things. Real quick, uh, this was a posted on Atari Age, Ian. Uh, just a post that right now there they're, they're are, I think they're moving servers on Atari Age. But this was posted, this was sent to me beforehand. Someone... That's been a long-time Atari Age user that's very disappointed in how they've handled things in the past years. And do you want me to read it real quick? Yeah, here? go for it. I'll read it real quick. Real quick, um, And we'll see what happens because of this. Again, this is a long-time user. Albert posted, uh, in the, there's one thread that's allowing Atari Age discuss, uh, discussion about the Amico. Uh, someone said, please, if you want to discuss the Amico fine, please do so without making blanket statements about the members and the site that simply are true. So, so someone was complaining that a lot of people enabled Tommy's bad behavior, and people were taken for a ride because of that. And I right. agree. Yeah, sure. Uh, there wasn't there wasn't the the critical eye on this at all. Uh, no, it's not at so, all. So this longtime uh, user, uh, God's Labrat or God's Labrat, said, "Sure, let's talk about the Amico. The Amico is quite simply a scam. By scam, I mean the people in charge of it took money for investments and pre-orders that they knew." would not be fulfilled in the time frame specified. That is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. All evidence, I mean literally 100% of all the evidence available indicates there was no way the original 10-10-2020 release date could have been met, and this was known in 2019. Like every grifter console released, all they ever had was a shell and hastily scrambled to put the insides together after the money was raised. This is not even disputed. What does seem to be in dispute is how this form enabled this grift and allowed Tommy Tallarico's outright lies to stand without scrutiny. Yeah. It is unacceptable that this would be the standard allowed here. This is the same form that took down the clique chameleon. However, for whatever reason, Tommy's scam was allowed to have its own free-reigning thread, which lasted years, and people were banned for asking questions he didn't like, for posting images he didn't approve of, or not, in quotes, reading the room correctly. Want to say I'm wrong? It's going to do more than saying, oh, that totally didn't happen, or yeah, it wasn't modded quite right. No, what Atari Age needs to do is to be transparent about what really happened. That means, at bare minimum, the following three things. Number one, the Amico subforum should be returned to visibility, including all hidden posts. Readers need to see the, the discourse and decide for themselves if the banned posters truly deserve to be banned. Number two, a full list of all banned posters should be given along with what mod bad banned them and why. Readers need to be able to see if the reasons given match the allegedly bannable posts. Number three, all of Tommy Talrico's DM communication with Atari Age staff should be posted. Readers need to be able to judge for themselves what established the relationship between Tommy and Atari Age. I don't think this is what you want to see in Atari Age. If that's the case, join the club. Maybe you now feel what the rest of us have been uh, felt watching Atari Age be transformed from seasoned perspectives on the entire gaming hobby to, in quotes, Tommy Tallarico's primary source for hand jobs. 
I think it's clear to everyone that Atari Age is no longer what it once was. The only question is, do you care enough to fix it, or will you just forever ignore Tommy Talrico's stain on the website? See you in the funny papers. Yeah, I mean... That says it all to me. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, you know, uh, that they're asking for, but I, I mean, at the base of it, I, it, 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 it can't just keep expecting it to go away. You can't it, hand it, wave it. You can't. It, uh, you can't brush it on the rug. It needs to be addressed. There has to be transparency. What the hell happened? Why were at least one mods uh, be able to do things with impunity? Why was Tommy Tyreek allowed to personally attack people constantly and and just be given like a slap on the wrist? Yeah. What? Why? I want answers. I was, Ian and I were personally affected by this. Others were too. That's all I got for this. So, like you said, is this going to be a lot more is going to come out? Yeah, a lot more. Yeah, this isn't the end of the line. This isn't the end of the line. Um, this isn't the finish line. This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by Monk Pack. Monk Pack offers low sugar, keto friendly bars, which are plant based, gluten free, and non GMO. They're the perfect snack for anyone who's trying to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. Monk Pack keto granola bars and nut and seed bars contain one gram of sugar or less. Two to three grams of net carbs, and each bar contains 150 calories or less. Monk Pack bars have an amazing chewy texture, and they come in delicious flavors like sea salt, dark chocolate, uh, coconut cocoa chip, which is actually my favorite. I love anything coconut, and caramel sea salt. They're perfect for a quick breakfast, a snack between Zoom calls, or as a guilt-free decadent dessert. I often have one between doing this podcast and then sure. doing my day job. I'll have the uh, something like the peanut butter dark chocolate while I'm editing the podcast. They're great because you don't feel bad after eating them because they're not terrible for you. Right. By shopping online, you can avoid another trip to the grocery store and have Monk Pack delivered right to your door. These bars are not just for people eating keto. They're a great snack for anyone looking to reduce their sugar intake while still enjoying delicious, flavorful snacks. They contain real ingredients that are delicious and nutritious for your whole family. And in addition to being keto-friendly, the bars are also gluten-free, plant-based, and non-GMO. There's no sugar, alcohols, soy, or artificial colors. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting MonkPack.com and entering our code CU Podcast at checkout, or just click the link in the description below to get 20% off. Monk Pack is so confident in their product that it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. So go get some yummy, healthy bars. Go to MonkPack.com and use our code CU Podcast to save 20% off, or click the link down below. We got a, we got a, uh, we got a Patreon, Ian. Ah, we do. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go money. Uh, you go money. Um, you go money. You, you go, go money. Uh, you get the full video podcast. Uh, you get uh, bonus podcast bits and bobs. Uh, you get hangouts once a month. You get writings. And uh, you also get to vote in these topics you absolutely do Ian. and in second place i, I didn't know it was gonna be this bad is grading or reselling worse for digging collecting 19 percent. and in first place you gotta put a hat on for the thumbnail ian's gaming habits at 40 versus 30 what has changed <laughs> get the mic out of the way real quick Ian. i need one more okay. so ian yes you are 10 years older and wiser what has changed between gaming now versus when you were 30 years old for you? 
Um, so, I mean, in general, just the way I look at collecting and gaming as a hobby in all my hobbies, uh, has drastically changed since I was, um, 30. Um, when I was 30, I just started to make a, you know, I, I, I was, when I moved out to San Diego, I didn't bring a lot of money with me. I wasn't making a lot of money. I was living paycheck to paycheck, um, you know, for most of my first few years here. And around 30, I started to actually have some bankable income again. Gotcha. So I was, you know, getting a little bit more into collecting, um, you know, the PC engine and the Game Boy stuff, but I still wasn't buying a ton. Um, but I was certainly being a lot looser with it. Okay. Um, and I was still constantly buying, you know, any new title that came out that I wanted to play on a newer system. Um, I was buying new systems fairly close to launch and, uh, you know, not doing a whole lot with it. Uh, I was also still buying like RPGs and things like that with the, you know, the idea that I was going to find the time to actually, uh, play these. And I also, you know, back then I was 100% consoles. I wasn't doing like any sort of gaming on PC. You weren't doing mobile gaming at all? 2012? That's when uh, yeah, well, smartphones handheld were more... con- No, I wasn't. I never got into handheld gaming. You mobile? Mobile gaming. I obviously got very into handheld and portable gaming, but mobile as a as a, a platform, phone, iOS, Android. Um, there are some games that I've played on phones that I think are very, very good, but I... As a platform, I cannot go back to it. It's weird. It's uh, it's on me at all times, but I just don't play phone games. Sure. Um, but I would say probably sometime, maybe right around 35, um, I just kind of looked around and was like, I have, I have, I have too much shit. So 2017, five years. Yeah, ago, probably. Uh, I have too much shit. And I have too many games, and I always used to joke, hey, I'm buying all these games, you know, it's rainy day games, it's for retirement or whatever. But I'm just like, I'm, I'm ideally not, I'm, I'm just not going to get to all of these. Um, so, you know, I, I reduced a lot of my collections. I, I, I got rid of, you know, I, I, I cut down a lot of my collections, got, you know, between 30 and 40, I went from having my hand in all sorts of systems here and there to getting rid of my Nintendo games. Most of my DS and 3DS games, uh, most of my Genesis games, uh, I, I just I, I eliminated most of it. And the only physical collections I still had were were PC Engine and, and Game Boy, really. Um, and around this time, though, I actually finally started sitting down and playing games more again. I was in a point in my life where I was comfortable and I was... Um, you know, actually, like dedicating some time to them. I was with someone. I'm, you know, I'm with Vani. Uh, she didn't find like my game hobby weird or off-putting or anything like that. So, you know, we'd play a lot of games together, uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, but I'd say the big change that has really come about in the past two years is I have moved from being an almost entirely exclusively console gamer to almost an entirely pc gamer at, at this point wow um i can't remember the last game i bought for my playstation 4 i honestly can't remember the last time i turned it on um i have not been looking for a ps5 or an xbox uh series uh because i just don't feel like i need one 
Okay. I bought this laptop for work last year. It's got a 3080 RTX in it. Like it has a fucking, it can handle stuff. It can it can yeah, it can pump out PS5 level graphics when I hook it up to my TV. Like it outputs 4K. Yeah. It's I was nuts. gonna say you hook up to a monitor TV. It, it, it's yeah. it is, you know, by it is a current gen system. Um so was cost one of the factors why you didn't you didn't want to have to spend either like five, six, six, seven hundred dollars on a on a it, PS well, that is one of them, but I, it's just that most of, most of the stuff that I can get, utility is nice, but most of the stuff that I can get, or most of the games that I want to play on like a PS5 or an Xbox are on PC now too. There are certainly things I will miss. There are exclusives that I, I won't get, but it's not worth it for you. It's not worth it for me because I'm not going to get to them anyway. This is a, a clear point. It's This is where, like, five years ago, I absolutely would have gone and gotten the PS5, and I probably already have five or six games still sealed waiting for me to say I'm going to play them someday. Um, I miss releases that I've been looking forward to coming out all the time now because it's just not realistic for me to think I'm going to have the time to play these. And it's, as much as I hate to say it, it's not if this is the hobby that you like, if you like the collecting aspect. But to me, it's literally just flushing 60 bucks down the toilet when a new Switch game comes out. Well, yeah, to me, it's weird when people start, quote-unquote, collecting the newer releases because... Especially because they're only going to get cheaper. You don't need... If if I'm not going to sit down and play a game that week, I'm not going to buy it. It's very rare for a new release unless it's like a weird thing like Devil's Third where like it was a limited... Sure, a limited edition or something like that, but... But for the most part, new games go down, especially if they're used. Yeah. Even sealed ones, you'll be able to find years later for cheaper. Right. Like, that's not going to be a problem for any new game going forward. There's going to be a sealed one laying around if you're going to sell it. But but I guess what you're saying is, yeah, you don't want to spend $60 on a bunch of games. They're autom- It's like buying a new car. It automatically depreciates, depreciates right. after you buy it. Like, what's the point of doing that? And I was getting back into a, a habit with that that was getting bad, you know, before I kind of stopped where, you know, it's not like I was overspending, but I'd be like, I want this game. This game looks good that Nintendo's coming out release day. Go buy it. Put it on my table. I, I, I'll i be honest. I still haven't played fucking Nintendo. Uh, I haven't played Switch Sports. Bought it. Never played it. It just sits there. You wanted to, but it's yeah. just like time, it's everything else going great. on, responsibilities. And I'm trying to like, it, you now know. Is that is that a... Sorry, is that a result of uh, the new job yes. partially? Yeah, it, it, it is, is because that lifestyle. I, okay. it, well, it's lifestyle and part of the new job. My, my job is, you know, relatively busy. It's not crazy hours or anything like that, but it's relatively busy. Um, I do this and because I work from home, I I have to I have to clearly compartmentalize certain parts of my day. Sure. Otherwise, I don't feel right. So I it's. It doesn't feel good to me to work all day, close my laptop, and then immediately sit down and start playing a game. Sure. Because I I was just on the computer forever. I haven't done anything. I've been sitting around all day. So I have to, what what I do is I usually, you know, after I finish work, I'm like, I have to go work out or I have to go walk to the grocery store. I need to do something separate. Mm-hmm. Then I make dinner. And then at nighttime, that's usually when it's my leisure time. But by then, Vonnie's usually home. And, you know, sometimes I want to watch a movie or something with her because I have to make sure I'm getting up and out of the house because of working from home. It's it, it cuts away a chunk of, of time that if I was working out of the house, I would not feel bad about using for video games, if that makes sense. Sure. If I was coming home from a job, walking into the house, cracking a Diet Coke, and turning on the video game, 
that's one thing. You know, that's winding down after work. Sure. But if I'm working from home and I'm literally moving five feet, it just feels like I got to get up and do something. Sure. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I do think, honestly, in some ways, I, I might be playing more games than I did uh, 10 years ago. But, you know, it's all it's all roguelikes. It's all shooters. It's all quick, fast stuff, you know, okay. that has arcade like, experiences, arcade experiences yeah. or, you know, experiences that can be longer, but they move in quick bursts that I can save and come back to. So that's mostly it. Yeah, I played Mario 35. I like the fact that there can be quick games, but you, can play, for like, you can play for like 45 minutes and get a bunch of games in. If you yeah. want to get two yeah. games in and go do something, yeah. great. But if you want to veg out, it's it's good enough, it's fun enough that you yeah. can spend an hour on it. I'm still pissed about that. And that's yeah. honestly, those are the types of games okay. that I'm constantly looking forward to. Stuff that has maybe maximum a, like a 30-minute loop that I can then, I'll go again. I'll go again. And if it's 15 minutes or 10 minutes, even better. So you still have an interest in video games. That hasn't changed. It might no. have gotten stronger in some ways, but it's just it shifted with the lifestyle, new job. You're yeah. Thinking, you're thinking about you don't collect as much as you used to. Well, so and I think that's, system. that is the big thing is I buy and collect way less than I did 10 years ago. Sure. You're also collecting other things. I don't know if you're collecting vinyl more, but you also collect vinyl. In, in, so in, they... in spurts, yeah. I mean, I obviously have a lot of records. You know, I haven't gone to the record shop in two months, but that's because I was going every week for three months, and it's like, okay, I need to take... You're going every week for three months? Yeah. I, was... I mean, lots of record collectors do, because you want to see what, what gets brought in for trade-ins. Yeah. And I was I was getting great shit I, for good prices. Well, I mean, that's why people were out early at Kobe's. They were yeah. Looking, the, the, the vinyl collectors were out there. Maybe less nowadays, but they were always out there sifting through and you see a guy with a few you knew it was something special from like the 60s or 70s you know what i mean or 80s and i do yeah. you know it, it, and you're right a lot of it is just other interests too and something i didn't even really think about but it's very true is um i love to cook even when i'm like at my worst cooking is one thing that brings me joy and order and the way i like to cook is not the most cost effective way to cook i like to get up and i like to walk to the grocery store and i like to see what looks good I like to check out. You're the taking produce. the OG like experience. You go to the market. You're buying the stuff to make. Yeah, zen. I buy it. I buy yeah, it sure. fresh, and that's that's honestly that's how I've cooked for years and years. And it it's not like I said it. It's not financially. It's not efficient. It's not efficient, <laughs> but I love that, it. That's, so, that's your process. But you know, I, yeah. I get up. I go sure. to the I go to the supermarket, and you know, I mean, sometimes I'm making cool frugal meals for like fifteen bucks, but sometimes I'm splashing out forty to fifty bucks just for that night's dinner. And that's money that it's a lot of money for a meal. That's 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 money that you I I yeah it is. But I I'm fine with being like I'm just not spending it on video games now. I'm spending it on this. That's what you you're enjoying more. You see the yes. value in that, right? I'd rather spend yeah, the sure. two hours shopping and making a nice meal than I would spending the same amount of money to play a game for maybe five hours and forget about it. It's it's a, to you it's a more fulfilling hobby. Yeah, you, the experience. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it calms you. Maybe it's just it's you no. Know, it's definitely your mind calming. likes it. You never told me that. You never told me that you buy greens just for that day's uh, dinner. Oh yeah, no, that's that's pretty much all my my meals yeah, are like that. Gotcha. Wish I had that time. Um, well, that's well, that's interesting, Ian. I mean, I'll do one about it at some point. Yeah. It'd be some similar similarity, some not. I think I think real quick what I would zeros and fives. Zeros and fives. What? <laughs> I gotta wait three more years. <laughs> I should have done it. I should have done it in 2020. I'm, I'm fucking right. I should have done it in the pandemic. I think uh, it would be fun to hear your take on something like this. Well, maybe we can do that. Well, in a you know, it, it would give you a chance to get more digs at me how I don't play games for fun. 
like it's it's sort of like the thing where you come back to well if you're constantly surrounded by video games as your job it's tough to then go back into it for leisure sure uh, if, uh, it's, it's it's just tough you want you need a break right. from it and this isn't yeah, even yeah. like so much of a yeah. me like growing up thing this isn't like a difference yeah. between 30 and 40 but i did start enjoying video games a lot more again after i stopped working at luna that makes sense yeah see so then you're on my side a little bit yeah if I stop, if I get out of the video game uh, sort of world here, I can I can go back and, and play sure. some games for fun. <laughs> it's it's like it's it's like rediscovering an old love. Yeah, you're like you you take it for granted. You're around it for, uh, for a bunch. It goes away, and you come back to it. Well, when I started cooking again, that's really what it was. I stopped cooking for like three years because I got sick and couldn't do it. And when I returned to it, it was like holy fuck! I can't believe I ever stopped. Yeah, why not? Uh, we got uh, we got voicemails. You go you go to anchor.fm slash the podcast. Keep it short and sweet. I, I've been noticing the times in general on average have been going down oh, all right. on the voice messages. So, so you're starting to listen to, to Uncle Pat here because I got to listen to a lot of these. And if I see the longer ones, I'm just telling you, it's less likely to make the show. I'm just saying, I, I, I got to be straight with you there. So um, here's the first one that I wish I had queued up. I thought I did. Hey guys, Mike from Jersey. Mike, I heard Jersey. you been talking about Fantasy Star on Dreamcast a couple episodes ago, and it got me thinking. If you look at eBay, Dreamcast network adapters go for upwards of three hundred to four hundred dollars. Wow! Really? Wondering why there hasn't been a Kickstarter project or something to uh, create an aftermarket Dreamcast NIC card. Thanks. Love the show. Oh, what's the what's the market size? Who? How many people would buy it? I mean, how many people are going to be playing the stream? Right. I mean, 300 to 400 bucks. That's a lot. I mean, it would tell you that there is some sort of market there. But yeah, how how easily could you satiate it? And how quickly could you satiate it? Because if you if if there's, you know, 200 people out there right now who desperately want one and you make a run of like a thousand of these. Yeah, I just Uh, broadband adapter. DC Dreamcast DC Japan, 125. 129, so I don't think it's four. Well, Japan, I think it probably means the U.S. one. Oh, it's not as compatible? You can't use the Japanese one? I don't believe so, no. Really? Yeah, I don't believe they I don't believe they cross over. That would be... Why wouldn't the hardware be similar? I wonder. Um, there's Okay, there's none for sale in the U.S. I was trying to find those Dreamcasts that had the Ethernet one built in the later ones. They're hard to find, I Well, guess. the Ethernet there is there, but broadband is what people are looking for. They're looking for broadband. I thought broadband is, is Ethernet. No. I'm not talking full line. I'm talking. I thought some had a broadband built in. Am I getting that right? I thought. The, I thought that I thought some did. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, we're all wrong. We're all wrong. I'm not a Dreamcast expert. That's not my thing. But I thought at some point they produced a. I don't know. Like a small batch. Uh, next one here. Ian Pat, this is Matt from Rochester, New York again. Uh, Ian, by any chance, whenever you go back to Buffalo, do you ever stop at a place called Ichiban Games? It's run by a place. Um, his name is Mark. Uh, I think you've met, you know him from the past. Uh, and Pat, what? since you're from, we're from the upper Northwest and you're from New Jersey, do we have to pronounce the name? Is it Mario or do you always pronounce Mario? Just wondering. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Do you have any idea what, what Matt's talking about? Yeah, I've never been to Ichiban Games, but I did do a convention that that guy put on okay. years and years ago. I'm sure I, that you you knew about. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, but yeah, I've never been to the his his store. Oh, the old Mario versus Mario debate. Hey, this is what I'm going to say. When you're Italian American, uh, Jersey, New York, almost no one pronounces it Mario. It's Mario, and I think the reason why. Is because when a lot of the immigrants came over, they wanted to sort of Americanize their names, 
one of the first things you do is sort of change how you speak a little bit. And I think that's why it became a lot of uh, uh, Mario's. I personally knew a Mario. No one called him Mario. He was Mario. I mean, I'm just saying that's the way it was. Um, I'll ask Frank about that, but I think that's just how people pronounced it. It was, it wasn't the short A, it was, it was the long A. Right. That's just what we did. Uh, it was a version of a short. It's a, I forget what it's called, the inflection. That's just what it is. And there's even some, uh, old Nintendo commercials where they say Mario on it. Some say Mario, some say Mario. And it could be a regional thing, but yeah, that just, that just happened. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. That's what I got to say. You didn't know a Mario? Did you know any Mario, Mario? I knew a Mario. I did not know any Marios. Okay. That's just the way it was. Because people used to come after me the early NES pump videos because I said Mario Brothers. And it's like, that's what all the kids called it. No one said Mario Brothers in school. People, right. People said Super Mario Brothers. That's what we did. It's a Jersey thing, New York thing. Uh, next. Hey, guys. This is Mike from California. Mike? My question is, given the timing of the recent recession that's been going on uh, and how that's starting to somewhat overlap with the timing of you know, the downfall and demise, at least officially, of uh, the Amico. Do you think they'll try and use that as an excuse or as like a scapegoat to try and avoid uh, any blame uh, for their, uh, you know, unsuccess? Or do you think that uh, they probably won't use that? I mean, they're going to th- – there's no there's, there's no, no chance excuse. in hell that the Amico is not blamed on at least five fucking things. But I don't think you're going to have that come out. No. You're not going to see that statement. This is why we – you're never going to see the postmortem. Yeah. This isn't see, like a no. movie. Like no. the, 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 the villain is not going to appear at the end and be like, and I could have done it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. No. there's That's what I keep saying about this story. There's not going to be that magic end point that people want. If that documentary happens and they actually – someone sits Tommy down, I'm sure – He'll blame haters. He'll blame the drunken podcasters like Mike Kennedy tried to do. They'll blame the the chip shortage, but none of that, none of that stands up to scrutiny. It just doesn't. Right. The no. world the world went on and everything else got made by competent by competent companies. Even in a recession, people still buy stuff. They just buy it less. New new products come out even during a recession. Yeah. It's just it's just silly stuff from people that believe in the secret. And realize that you actually have to be competent and not a uh, a con man in order to come out with successful uh, products. Next, Ian, Pat, Chris from Boulder, Colorado. Boulder. Just want to know if you guys had any memories or experiences with screen peeking in a split screen shooter or a sports game, picking plays. Mm. Um, I remember one time in high school, I had a buddy over, and we were playing Halo, and uh, he killed me, and I ended up tackling him in the wood chair. What? About two in the morning. Needless to say, he went home. I was probably in the wrong. Wait, wait, hold on a second. That's a very weird needless to say. What happened? You assaulted your friend (laughs) at 2 (laughs) a.m.? Needless to say, he was in the hospital. I was probably in the wrong in that one. Okay. Keep up the good work. I think you were probably in the wrong, Chris. Yes. But I wanted to knock out uh, melon-headed Kevin when he looked at my uh, controller playing Tech Mobile. How is he, Ian, how is he three plays in a row, five plays in a row, blowing up my plays? Because he did the old eye look down. No <sighs> honor. No honor. Yeah. Same type of person that would cheat at a board, board game. game. Yep. Should be, should be fucking uh, state-sanctioned uh, uh, corporal punishment. Drug out into the street and shot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Put up against a wall like a third-world country. You, the uh, cheating at board games is lowest. If you're going to cheat at a board game, you're gonna, you're just gonna you're gonna cheat at anything. That's yeah. what I look at. It. I mean, seriously, right? <laughs> yes. Who cheats at a board game? I don't know. Man. Or Tech Mobile. 
steal money from the fucking bank in Monopoly. Shit like that. You don't do these things. You just don't. Uh, next. Lose with dignity. Thank you. Hey, fellas. Steve on Long Island. Hey, Steve. Ian, we'll, we'll fellow August Niner, myself. Our birthday's coming up. Uh, Pat, this one's for you. I used to love your NES app uh, until it broke. I know you had problems with the developer. I want to know if there's any uh, plans to revive it and or launch a Super Nintendo app. Anyway, thanks for all that you guys do, and I'll see you at the Long Island Retro Gaming Convention. Oh, what perfect timing. Long Island coming up. Birthday. Happy birthday, Steve. Um, Yes, happy birthday, sir. Stay tuned is what I'm going to say about the NES app. It has not been to uh, my standards, Uh, but stay tuned. That's all I'm going to say right now. And then once the NES one, if we get it to the place where I'm happy with it, we'll then uh, move forward with the Super Nintendo one. So come back to me later on about that. Next. Greetings, gentlemen. Sean Haley from South Carolina, father of the swearing police. What? Curious of your thoughts on the risk versus reward of having a big ticket item like a sealed stadium events out on the convention floor like there was at the Southeast Game Exchange. Thank you. Um, There was only there. I have I've heard of games being picked off. Uh, at conventions off tables but it's very very rare and those big ticket items will you will not be able to get your hands on easy they'll be behind those cases with the, the right. glass so i don't see that happening uh, it always uh, makes me nervous when i see people doing it but uh, it is a pretty commonplace thing comic-con is full of high ticket items and i mean it they it would be tough not to be seen if you try to rob someone that's yeah, the problem right I mean, there's, there's like, eyes everywhere. There's stuff at like Comic Con worth you know a million dollars sometimes, like a, like an old action comics number one or or Detective Comics twenty seven. Like it's literally worth a million dollars or more, and it's behind a glass. Like, I mean, if someone's bold enough, crack the glass, take it, and run. The other problem is though that stuff is so hard to move. Uh, you know, like right. that, that stuff is like not one of a kind, but like close to it. Those old comics and some of these games, like if, if someone stole a Steam events and like who are you going to sell it to that doesn't know that a Steam events got stolen? stolen. Exactly. We can, like it happened with the, with the store theft in Missouri. Like these are some some weird items that you, like a test card on the NES or a weird Atari sealed game. Like it's kind of tough. Uh, so the only thing I did was um, I, I showed off uh, the NWC cards at SoCal. It was the Super Bowl where, where Atlanta Falcons choked to the Patriots. That's 2017. Yeah. So uh, I we had an armed guard standing next to it because at, at that point. You know, those two games, I mean, God, now you would definitely need an armed guard or someone uh, or some security. But back then, those two games, probably 2017, were worth, I probably combined, uh, you want to say, 100, 125,000, something like that, probably sure. combined. Now it's probably four times that, you know, like, or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, that's my experience with it. We let people take pictures of it, but there was a guy off to the side that was looking. Yeah. Now, if you wanted to pull off a game a heist, You'd have to know the targets. You'd have to be, but then it's like, just rob a fucking bank. You're doing armed robbery. You might as well try to rob right. a bank. I'm not telling you to rob a bank, but I'm saying it probably would be easier to get away with it versus stealing these old games because you got to sell them. It's like stealing fine art. They're like one of a kind of things. Who are you going to sell them to? Like someone's going to keep it in their basement forever. How do you get away with it? Yeah. I mean, it has happened. Now people got away with it. That Boston one, the documentary on, uh, on Netflix, that Boston robbery—they never found those paintings. Oh yeah, no, that, that was, was crazy. I was going to bring that up. Several actually. paintings were stolen and never were cut recovered. out of the frames too, which is the weirdest thing. And then they roll them. I mean, it's what you do. That's how you, how you do it. Uh, do a few more here. It's Mike from Wawa, New Jersey. Mike. Uh, yes, the boardwalk in Wawa has Jersey. turned into our arcade casino slot machines. Unfortunately, 
There's no more Mortal Kombat 2 or Street Fighter Alpha. Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering what you thought of the movie Apocalypse Now. Wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second, wait, 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 oh, we just, we just veered off, I was like, okay, Wildwood, Jer Jersey Boardwalk, uh, video games, arcades, what do we think about Apocalypse Now? Tonal whiplash! <laughs> feel like I'm going to have to go fucking have an adjustment on my neck. Um, I wish I had it. I've never seen it. Never seen it. I've seen parts of it. Never seen it. Uh, obviously, it's supposed to be brilliant. <laughs> That's not the end of the call, by the way. <laughs> I got to see where that goes. Okay, yeah. what's next here? What's your thoughts? Have you seen it? <laughs> There's no way I did it. I just... What's your thoughts? Have you seen it? And just dead air for 10 seconds. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank okay. you for the call. Uh, <laughs> it's amused me greatly. <laughs> I wish I could tell you what I thought of Apocalypse Now, uh, but I have not seen it. Um, I, I wish that was the last call because that would have been a nice end. Uh, we'll do a couple more here. Okay. Wow. I got to get to work and then birthday stuff. So let's, let's nail out one or two here. Hi, Pat and Ian. Uh, my name's TJ Neal from Ontario, Canada. Yeah. Just wanted to ask you guys, what game do you feel like has the best ending? Um, and also, hmm. do you guys have any games that you continuously feel like you you know you beat maybe every year? Um, <sighs> for me, that's The Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. You have to finish that one yearly. Thanks, guys. Uh, I don't have a game anywhere I beat yearly. Back in the in, like the heavy emulator days when I when I was you know, just a little, little more hobbyist versus doing video game content professionally. I would probably beat Contra every year. I'd probably beat Legend of Zelda. You know, I would probably do some of those or any every other year, but not anymore. Um, I don't think I've done anything uh, yearly in a long time or really maybe ever, but I did. Did you say, Ian? It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> I, uh, I, I did. Uh, I, I, I used to go back and uh, play through Dragon Quest, uh, oh, okay. Dragon Warrior once once every couple of years. The first one, yeah, I love grind it. that shit out. I love it, yeah, I love it. Love the sound, love the grinding, love Kill the, the same enemy, enemies a thousand times, times in a row to All get right. to get the to get the uh, the satisfying get the metal slime. Oh, and uh, for games with the best ending, I think Donut County actually has a great ending. I, that's a tough one, me. I don't fixate on the endings of games. Neither that do much, I, so. but I I've I have played through donut count i played through donut county once I, I i've played the game through three times i did it the third time just because i like the ending so much and i wanted to experience the ending again i think contra had a very satisfied ending as a kid when i played it go back to contra because you know the island explodes pretty good helicopter picks you up like pretty cinematic ending yeah yeah that it's is, not just a congratulations yeah. you're done i mean like ninja guide in the same way but i never beat ninja guide as a kid but that's you know literally the cinematic you see the castle crumble stuff right. like that um yeah hey guys jason from central pa again question for both of you what is a product that does not exist but that you really wish did something that you'd say hey if they made that i'd be there day one for me i've been on a mini arcade kick lately that the taito egret and right, right. astro city neo geo and stuff like that and for me it would be 
a Konami beat-em-up mini arcade. Simpsons, Ninja Turtles, X-Men, and that kind of thing. But anyway, wondering what it would be for you guys. Thanks for the podcast. Have a great day. I'm still waiting for a Zapper solution for, for non-CRTs. Yeah, that I would be a lot of fun. Still. I would really love to have that. Um, otherwise, I, I don't know. There's not a whole lot that I mean I can think of that I'd want. Although, if you're talking like the mini arcade stuff, I would love to see a one dedicated to shooters that did the same um, vertical horizontal Tate mode thing that the egret. Uh, I think it's the egret does. I bet Ian, you know that guy that that, that drop out battle tracker field two. My my view is that is that just because a game is hard does not automatically give it a fuck you. I, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I agree. Remember that caller a few weeks ago that didn't like track and field too. Yeah, it's difficult, but some difficult games. Uh, what was he call? Is he saying fuck you to the caller? Or, I was, was that a caller yelling at someone else? Or are they saying doesn't mean the game gets a fuck you? I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Let's ca- <laughs> let's cap it off with uh, one okay. more, and then I got I gotta go. Oh yeah, do one more. Uh, this one is from Vince. Pat Nian, this is Vince, again, from Northern California. Super serious question. How do you guys roll up your classic video game controller cords? Where's one? Super serious. Thanks, guys. Well, here's a birthday present. We'll get get one for you to do real quick. Yeah. This is how Ian and I, and Ian uh, showed me, I think, back in the day, or I discovered it, too. Ian... Ian, wrap up that N64 controller. I, 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 I call it the Luna Knot, but it's got other names. So you take uh, your cord, you fold it in half, you give yourself a little tail, just like that, right? Then you fold it again. Okay, this is not how I do it. Okay, you, so you're basically folding it constantly, like like like, like a bed sheet. You're folding a bed you sheet. Double it up, and then you wrap the plug around it, and then pop it through. And the reason is. Um, it holds it together. It holds it together, but they, this is really good for hanging on pegs. Okay. Okay, so I, I come to the same conclusion. I just do it a different way. So I, gotcha. I, I wrap it, wrap it, wrap it, and you have like a little loop, and you put it through. And yeah. it's it's convenient. So whenever I see someone... Doesn't damage it. You're not putting, stress, you're not putting stress on this, the, the cord no. to controller connection. No, it's just... The only way to do it, really. There's yeah. not like another really smart way to do it, but the the, the the sheet folding, Ian, is ingenious. I didn't realize. Oh that. yeah, yeah. It's a good way to do it. You should hold this up and be like, "How do you? How do you? That'd be the thumbnail uh, bait." Yeah. How do you uh, do your do controller you? <laughs> cards? There's, there's there's Ian's birthday present to you all. Yeah. And when I see someone at a convention, they want me to sign like a zapper or NES, like a little kid or something. I'll, I'll show them. This is how you do it. So, you know. I can't pick up a, a, a like it's it's just burned oh, into me. I have to pick up cords and wrap them now. That, that's a tight loopy. That's a tighter loop oh, than thanks. I do with that. That's a tight loop. Thanks. I've, I've gotten good um, over the years. All right. Well, there you go. That, that, <laughs> that'll, that'll be the thumbnail. We'll just do that. <laughs> all uh, right. Well, that was a phony. A nice birthday. Uh, yeah, it was. A little longer because I think the intro went long, to be honest. The intelligence was long, but I think the intro went. Yeah. We'll talk about Heritage Auctions crap next week. Uh, it won't be as... Uh, fresh but it'll well, still be well, timely enough we're going to convention so maybe we won't have a topic we'll, oh yeah we'll we can always to. talk about it there too yeah no we can't there because that's a lot of research and stuff well we'll figure it out we'll, we'll see you in a week alright we'll see you bye happy birthday thank you